Ishnu Allah, gentle beings, and welcome back to the effervescent font of entertainment that is known around these parts as talk until the joy is gone. I'll be the sensible voice that you'll probably want to focus on for the duration, and my name is Rooney. There's also this other chap that you can largely just tune out, and he is called... Reggie. I see that, like, there is no end to this. I'm great. And <laughs> this other guy's just a <laughs> This other guy, yeah, he's he's here, day release or something. I can shit. definitely tell that you wrote your intro, intro like, 45 minutes ago. Because <laughs> instead of, like, <coughs> four paragraphs of just lovely, stunning <laughs> literature, it's just like, I'll just go back to something I used to say and then... Yeah, that's the thing I was thinking about, like, the, the, the old intros I've yeah. done. And I was like, they were just really simple to the point. Yeah. Hi, this is us. Da-da-da. And I was like, yeah, not every week needs to be an a, a <laughs> exploration of my writing prowess. I think we've both done ourselves a massive disservice in this podcast. Because <laughs> most podcasts will just use the same intro yeah. every week. It'll be, hi, welcome to this week's podcast. You're here with me, blah, 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 and this other person. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> <laughs> you were like, that's far too boring. I'll just change it up every week. And now you've got yourself in a position where if you back out people were just going to be like oh he's being lazy again. he's being lazy, lazy. he hasn't written and again like... with me like I, <laughs> I made this overwhelming effort to be like I'm going to change it up every week I'm going to do something different I'm going to keep people on their toes and now I'm just like fuck's sake why can't we just <laughs> we've made rods for yeah. our own backs <laughs> in future when we do new podcasts we're just going to it'll be formulaic yeah we're going to get a <laughs> going to be like the horror film or podcast you're always <laughs> going to know what is coming next you'll always know who done it because yeah. it will be the same person doing the same section every yeah. week yeah. and we're going to do it monthly as well because although this weekly bu- bullshit <laughs> it's too much hard work yeah I it's I was alright I've, I've never had any problem with doing it until I went on shift and now I'm on shift <laughs> We're having to get really creative. Really creative. Like, let's pull the curtain back. It is Thursday night. We recorded last week's episode 48 hours ago. Yeah, Monday night. As, as you listen to episode <laughs> yeah. 77, uh, you know that we recorded that on Monday night. It came out on the Wednesday. So yesterday was release day for 78, uh, 77. And here we are on the Thursday recording 78. <laughs> because idiot child over here took a job where he now has to work Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. <laughs> And there is uh, but not, not enough time not, to turn it around. He doesn't even Tuesday. work them on like a reliable schedule. This it changes all the fucking time. That's what I was getting to. Like every because it's obviously four on four off. We're in the midst of the really shit period. Yeah. Of my two month kind of <laughs> schedule at the moment, where I'm working every weekend, and we can only record in the evenings. And then it all get to a point where I think not next weekend. Yeah, not next week. The week after. I've got the Saturday off, and then we'll go through a nice, a nice few weeks of, of weekend recordings. Then suddenly it's like, we've got to do it during the evening again. And doing it during the evening really throws me off. Because <laughs> I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but I drink an awful lot of coffee before we record in order to be high energy and entertaining and not the quiet, morose motherfucker that I normally am. Mm-hmm. And then when we do it in the evening, if I'm, if I'm not working the next day, it's fine, because I don't give a fuck what time I go to bed. But tomorrow, I have to be up at six <laughs> to go and do a 12-hour shift. So I've not been any, I've not been able to drink anywhere near enough coffee. So at some point, you're probably going to hear me yawn, and then I'm going to get really, like, <laughs> quiet and just like, oh, 
can't we just wrap this up? <laughs> Can we finish already? <laughs> yeah, you're, but I'm still doing trivia, motherfucker. I'm, I'm all right at the moment. I've just I've just eaten. It took me like an hour and twenty minutes to get home this evening. Oh, there was an accident on the M11, so I had to take the back routes along with every other fucker in the I world. Bet, yeah. Um, fortunately, Amy's off tonight, so yeah. we don't have to worry about like listening out for the child or anything. But yeah, I <laughs> obviously I've been I was off for like a week. Worked from home for four days, was then off for two weeks and one day, yeah. and basically just slept as much as I wanted to. Yeah. And then Tuesday I was in the office, yesterday I worked from home, today I'm in the office, tomorrow I'm in the office. So I'm knackered. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, it's just, the bubble's going to burst. My, um, my four-on-four-off yeah. four shift is normally really good for the fact that like, by day four of working, I'm exhausted. Mm. But then I finish and I've got four days off, so I'm like doesn't matter if i've got actually got things i need to do because i'll do them on day three or day four of my days off yeah the first two days is just my weekend I just, <laughs> if i don't want to do fuck all i don't need to do fuck all whereas this time around because of a certain life situation i've been incredibly stressed and i don't feel <laughs> like i've rested or done anything <laughs> so i'm rolling back into my next four days of work like just bring on tuesday i need to sleep I think I've sorted my life problem out, so I just need to get through the next four days and sleep. And but the the problem is when my four days fall during the week, mm. they go pretty quickly. But the weekend, where we have less work to do, and there's no other fucker in the building except for like the, <laughs> the what one two seven people on my team. Time just grinds yeah. to a stop because I mean I worked last Sunday. I'd done all my work for the day by quarter to eleven. Jesus. Yeah. 40, I had 45 minutes work to do. I did nothing between 8 and quarter past... No, about 10 o'clock. And then from 10 till 10.45, I worked. And then from quarter to 11 till 8, I kind of just hung around the building and had to entertain myself. Yikes. Man. And I was so tired on Sunday. I couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even read. Because that's normally what I do. Is, yeah. Like on my first weekend day, I read the entirety of Trainspotting in one shift. I just sat down in the morning and our delivery didn't turn up, so I had nothing to do, literally nothing to do all day. So I just sat in my office and on my own and just read an entire book. But Sunday, I was so tired because I hadn't got gone to bed at a reasonable time on Saturday night because I knew I wouldn't have much to do on Sunday. Yeah. And Sunday was my last day. And so I was just like, fuck it, it doesn't matter. I can stay up and watch match of the day. It doesn't matter, I'm going to bed at one. But as long as all I've got to do is get to work. Once I get to work, I'll be fine. And then I got to work and I was so tired. Like, it was almost physically impossible to penetrate Anne Rice's writing. With, and I hadn't... Normally I carry a spare book with me. And if I'd carried a spare book with me, I would have just put the vampire stat down, yeah. picked my spare book up and watched that. Oh, sorry, read that, but I didn't. I forgot one. So I was just staring at this page like... Uh, he's he's morose again. Oh God, what the fuck? Yeah, I've done some of that. When you, I've I've done. What was I reading? I was reading something the other the other week. Um, I was really tired, but I was yeah. also conscious of the fact that the, this book had been sat by the side of my bed for like a couple of weeks, and I was barely making any progress on it because I was just doing other stuff every night. Yeah, and I was like, no, I'm gonna read, gonna read. I just sat there and I just read these, reread these same two pages about yeah. three times. <laughs> I was like. It's not even a difficult book, but my, my eyes were sort of like at, at half mast, and I'm just like, and I was just like, she was like, Amy said to me, she's like, you're right, you haven't turned the page in like fucking forever. And I was like, 
I'm reading the same two pages. Yeah. I still don't know what's happened. The bookmark's going right back where it was to yeah. start with. I'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> I couldn't even bring myself to watch YouTube. Like that's what everyone else does. They just get their work, <laughs> their work laptops. They plug in Ethernet. They put their headphones on, and they just sit, sit there and watch um, YouTube videos. Yep. Couldn't even do that. I'd like literally, like I'd watch a three minute video and get to the end and just be like, I have no idea what just happened. I I did it the other uh, the other month when I was in work. Yeah. Um, and to my the two streamers that I follow. Yeah. Were. On and they start at twelve and they run through until about six seven o'clock. Oh, okay. So sort of, I made it through to, to twelve. I had my lunch and then I was like, "Well, I'm in the office on my own. I don't want to fucking be here. It's a Friday. Guess what I'm doing? <laughs> I have one in each tab, yeah. one on each screen. I was over, sat over on the corner desk, sat there with them on all afternoon. Didn't really do an awful lot. Played on my phone and watched two streamers. Normally, I go, I I go down to the lab. And I'm working the lab because the lab guys are the only guys within our project that actually do a full day's work. <laughs> There's like the kind of what they call goods, they call them ops, but they're more like just like goods in warehouse guys. Yeah. They receive the delivery. I check the delivery, give it to the lab guys. So once they're done and I'm done, which is normally by about 11 o'clock, we've got nothing to do. <laughs> so normally I just go into the lab, I put on my lab coat and I just help them. <laughs> I don't do anything technical, obviously, because... On me, but I do help. I am I am a lot of help. They they constantly tell me I'm a lot of help, and when I don't go, they moan that I don't go. <laughs> but uh, I, f- I find that the guys in the lab are very smart, <laughs> and they have these big like theological discussions about stuff. <laughs> They're either talking like real in depth about like religion or science and all this stuff, or I sometimes manage to get them to talk about like, conspiracy theories. But even then, <laughs> they know 10 times more than me. And I think they're all true believers. So, <laughs> so Sunday, Sunday, like I did, I have one, when I first turned up between like 8 and 10, I went downstairs, I had a coffee. I'm sitting with them because they had fuck all to do. Until I'd done my job, they got fuck all to do as well. <laughs> so I would sit down there for like two hours. And by the time... <laughs> Our conversation had finished and I went to do some work. I felt like my brains were melting out of my head. <laughs> I'd heard so many big words. I mean, I understood them, but it was just like, oh my God. They're talking about neuroscience <laughs> and all kinds. And I'm just sat there like, it's too early for this. There's not enough coffee for this. <laughs> so that was my other problem was I avoided going to the lab <laughs> because I couldn't mentally deal with... A conversations and B the conversations are the standard that they want to have. So, <coughs> yeah, I've, I've been getting moaned at by my colleague. Obviously, where I was off, and one of my, yeah. my other colleague is off on paternity leave until yeah. January. Um, he's a lucky fucker. Right? He really is. Like, I mean, <laughs> Almost he's not makes because he's a, a dad, but um, <laughs> um, yeah. So he's off until fucking January, and because they were so short staffed with me being off for like two weeks, yeah. they um, they got in a temp. I met the temp for the first time on Tuesday when I went in. Now I wonder what the fuck the temp thought of you when you walked in there. <laughs> well, I suppose it's not probably not the same as meeting you like in the real world, is it? No, you at work? no. I mean, he didn't actually meet me until about six hours later. Oh, really? I was in before him, and yeah. I was sat there, and then I went down and did my morning movements, oh, okay. and I came back up, and he was there. And he was just sat there in the corner desk, and I was like, I'm tired, I don't want to be here. 
I don't feel like making small talk and conversation, so I completely fucking ignored him and went and sat at my desk. And I sit with my back to him, <laughs> oh my God, two you, desks away. I, you I did me. a reg, and <laughs> I was just like... And then it kind of got to that point. Uh, my other colleague messaged me, and he was like, have you spoken to, to the temp? Uh, and I was like, no. He was like, what the fuck? Why are you being so unsocial? And I was like... I was thinking to myself, well, actually... Welcome I, to my world. I was like... I should probably have spoken to him on that, but now it's been so long, it'd be yeah. really awkward if I just turned around and go, hi, I'm Rooney. Yeah. So I, I spoke to him a couple of times when I had to like discuss work and that, and then again today, <laughs> I was back in the office, and he was there. And again, he came in after me, yeah. and when I saw him, I didn't even say hello. <laughs> I've spoken to him several times today, yeah. and I said goodbye when I left tonight, but uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, basically ignored him and my other colleague keeps moaning at me telling me it's being stopped a miserable bastard <laughs> welcome to my world thing is I'm only like that at work and they, they don't believe me I mean one of my colleagues Sam he believes me because he's seen me outside yeah. of work but none of the others believe me they just assume I'm always that grumpy and why miserable why don't you just play them the podcast um, well because I'm worried that then they'll oh, yeah. share it with everyone else oh, at my enough. company yeah. and my company is you need to invite I have, I've, if you want to nip this in a bud now <laughs> you just need to organise a night out. Get everyone out. Get a couple of drinks in you. Like show them the real Rooney. And then when you go back to work, you go, look, you don't want that cunt here during the week, do you? No. Nobody wants him here me. during the week, which is why you got miserable me. Yeah. But even then, I would still, even if they did want drunk me there, they still wouldn't get me because I don't <laughs> want to fucking be there. <laughs> That's want, why I'm miserable and grumpy. They don't want drunk you. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants drunk me. If they think you're grumpy, miserable, and a servant. It doesn't have to be drunk me. It's just not work me. When I'm outside of work, I'm a much nicer, more pleasant person to be around. I've not worked with you, but I do think you're a nice, pleasant person to be around when the mic's off. Fuck off. I'm, um, I'm a fucking joy when this microphone is on. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah a I am like a ray of light from the heavens into the lives of our listeners and you alike. <laughs> Can we? Sorry. <laughs> even not even the master can't keep a straight face through that. Um, can we talk about morning movements? I mean, are, are we really plumbing those depths now? No, because no. You want to talk about literal, literal shit? No, we're gonna. Well, I'm trying to avoid that word, but that's why I called it movement. <laughs> Just want to talk about like. Routine, mate. Let's talk about routine. Routine, yeah. Because... <laughs> but you didn't think you would be getting treated to this, did you guys? <laughs> before like before I started this job, I had basically no routine. Because I didn't do... I didn't fuck all for... What the fuck is wrong with you? A couple of months. So, basically, it was just whenever I woke up... Uh, yeah, yeah. I went. No, that's fair enough. <clears throat> then I started working, like, Monday to Friday. Starting at eight. So, I always knew I'd be leaving the house at certain time get up at a certain time and so my body adapted and suddenly yeah. i'm going at like seven o'clock just say seven o'clock for example then i went on to shift so i had to start half an hour earlier which <laughs> meant i had to leave but my body is not adapted yet <laughs> so i don't go in the morning like i used to i used to go empty myself jump in the shower go to work fine now i'm working 12 hour shifts where my by four o'clock my body's like you haven't been yet why haven't you been yet why haven't you been yet you've got to go so i start getting stomach pains and i start feeling really uncomfortable so i go down to the toilet i sit there nothing happens i go back to work 
feel uncomfortable again, go back you to the toilet. You need more fibre in your diet, man. I eat loads of fibre, but still nothing happens. Then, like clockwork, <laughs> I get halfway down the fucking M11 <laughs> on the way home, and my body's like, oh yeah, you've left work. You're not in that building anymore. Oh, we're going home, are we? Time to shit. It's time to go. So then I get halfway down the M11, <laughs> and suddenly I'm having, I'm like having to hold it, and I'm like... <laughs> Why are you being such a cunt? Like, I gave you ample opportunities this afternoon to get out of me. Now, you're trying to fucking escape like, like it's a burning building. Basically, what you're doing in the afternoon is you're loosening the lid. Oh, so that by the so time you annoying. get home, it's jiggled loose and it wants to come out. No, I think I just can't go at work. Within a, usually can... within an hour or two of being up, yeah. I shit. Oh, no. if, it's, and if, if I'm at home, and I don't stop, obviously I stop work at half eight. Yeah. Um, Actually, no, it falls about the same time every day, regardless of whether I'm at home or not now. Yeah, like 10 minutes into your shift, so you get paid for it. Well, obviously, yeah, Yeah. I'm not stupid. Yeah, about quarter to nine, nine o'clock, it's it's pooping time for Rooney. Oh, see, no, my body's still not adapted yet. It just holds on to it all day. If I don't do that in the morning, I won't shit until like four or five o'clock in the evening. When you're home, though? Well, it depends. If If I'm late for work or something, then... I'll I can't it. go at Don't. work. I think my body's just incapable of going at work. Your body is is my is body a just will not relax at work enough at work. We'll get some poppers to go. Yeah. <laughs> get some poppers. Really relax that sphincter. Oh, it's harsh. Harsh for classic. Harsh for classic. You just go. The minute anybody <laughs> says the word poppers, I don't think of gay sex like every other person on the planet. I think about Reading Festival. Yeah. The second year I went, where I'm sure it was twins. It was either twins or the guy with a head that turned up with a bottle of poppers. No one told the me. Guy with the head. I, I couldn't. I couldn't think of a better name for him. No, either. it works. It works. I know who you're talking about. I hadn't pre-planned to have this conversation, so I hadn't thought of a code name. So that was just the first one to come out. The guy with the big head. Someone needs to sit down and make a list of all <laughs> yeah. these characters in our in our story. <clears throat> but it was even them or twins turned up with a bottle of poppers. I didn't know it was a fucking gay drug. I just saw everyone else doing it. Exactly. And so I got involved. It wasn't till probably about four years later that I'm watching the crime channel and they're talking about like this gay serial killer that used to get guys on <laughs> like Grinder or something. Or just meet guys, take them for a night, give them whatever the, the gay date rape drug. There is a gay date rape drug that loosens you up. It's not poppers. Oh. And then once they were... He, <laughs> I had no idea. Anyway. I've been doing it the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then he'd kill them. But then he's they're like, yes, the notorious gay drug poppers. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it was, it was a couple of years after. I think I mentioned to someone else and they laughed. And yeah. they were like, well, you gay or something? And I was like, what? Well, that's for gays, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It loosens their, their arsehole. It's like, loosen my I, fucking arsehole. Yeah, see, I've never, I've never experienced that. I don't know whether it was everything else that was in my system at the time. I mean, to but be fair, yeah, we know... never adjusted the poppers. It was always, uh, that was the, the, the frosting on yeah. the cocktail of other um, I just things. Like, I never, I never, I never once knew that. But all up, the only thing I knew about poppers was you could buy in Camden. Yeah, every so shop going Camden. down to Camden yeah. and just like perusing the various. Thing is, I think that's what that's what threw me. If it, you know, I'd had to go into a sex shop. You'd have to go to Soho for it. You'd, you'd, yeah, and it was. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be a little bit. Mm, but they yeah. used to sell it next to all the the weed paraphernalia yeah. and stuff. And it was like, well, if it's being sold next to little tiny mirrors with fake credit cards, yeah, and fucking filters for your your hash pipe, 
surely it's just another drug. It's a legal yeah. one, but it's another drug. And then, yeah, I found out that... It's not even that good, though. It's not! It's you not get a head rush, and that's about it! It just made my head thump. And yes, that one year already, and I couldn't stop doing it. <laughs> Why is it so much fun? I don't know, because it was new, and it was dangerous. And, and the bottles last forever. Yeah. Because I remember the one that I bought in Camden, which was... How many years when ago you that first was. got into pegging. When I first got into pegging, and Never I had right. that bottle for fucking years. I think I only threw it away when I moved out uh, of my parents' house. It doesn't smell nice. It's not no. even good. It's like, why? Why did we do it for fucking years? I, I don't, don't know. know. Anyone else has done it and knows why we did it? Mine And it wasn't for the gay sex, because... You know, because we were still uptight then. We were still way too uptight then, which is how comes we never got laid until like way into our late teens. Um, what was I going to say? My number one popper story. I don't use your name. I say. <laughs> I knew it was going to be this story because it's the only good story about poppers. It is poppers. the only good story with poppers, <laughs> but it's my favourite one. So if anyone ever brings it up, I'm like, oh my. My friend had an experience with hoppers, and everyone's like, "What? What do you mean, your friend gay?" I'm like, "No, no, no. It, we didn't realise there was a bottle flying, flying around. I don't know. I don't remember it. Someone else, someone outside of our friend group, brought it to the party. <laughs> so there we are. We're in our rehearsal studio because we used to rent this old pig shed. Well, that's a whole different story. Yeah, that's a different story for another six other podcasts. Yeah. Um, but we'd been at Weatherspoons with our friends, Billy and Charlotte, and we all decided. We didn't want the party to end when it was closing time. So we got in cabs, went to our <laughs> pig shed in the middle of fucking nowhere, and we partied till like 5am. Well, 5am, our cabs turned up to go home, and we left Rooney asleep on the floor. Oh, sorry, we left my friend asleep on the floor <laughs> with a bottle of poppers propped under his nose. Do you want to take over? Because I... <laughs> Fuck, mate. That, the most unpleasant headache I have ever... Yeah. I, I remember... Vaguely, like Thing I is, was I laying can... there on the carpet because we had a little carpeted section yeah. we'd set up, and I remember sort of like laying there because we were all at that 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 falling down, laying down, like drunk state. Five a.m. We played like I think that was <laughs> that was the night we got a complaint or the landlord got a complaint from Thingy's drummer, wasn't it? Oh uh, no, it was the bass player from bass Iron player. Maiden. The bass player from Iron Maiden, Steve Harris, I think his name. Yeah, he made a complaint to our landlord who we were renting it off <laughs> of because we, we, much we kept him awake. It's our claim to fame for ages. Too, yeah, it was too, on the top of our website. Too rock and roll for Iron Maiden. Um, and I, yeah, I remember I was like there and I was like, I'll oh, just uh, do a quick whiff, and apparently I I I got it there and then just basically passed out. And the thing is, we left you there. Everyone just fucking left me there on the floor because my friends are awesome. Oh, to be fair, I was with my girlfriend at the time and she wanted to go home. Yeah, so I, I woke up uh, a couple of hours later. Actually, no, it must have been just after you guys left. Um, I, I woke up and seriously, it felt <laughs> like someone was literally stamping on my head from that, all directions at once. That, I know we were kind of under the influence of stuff that night, but it is like one weird blur when I try and recollect it. The only thing that is really actually in my mind is the vision of you laying on the floor with this yeah. bottle propped under your nose. I had a really sore fucking nose and, and yeah, an absolute throbbing headache for days. That and the 35-minute instrumental where everybody had a chance to play whatever instrument they wanted. Oh, where everyone just <laughs> circulated just, round. Yeah. That, yeah. But the song didn't stop for 35 minutes. It was just everyone was just jumping on different... Doing bits. I remember, I remember seeing Billy working his way around yeah. the instruments and everyone having a quick go on all the different stuff. And Charlotte's incredible dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a 
Okay. We won't. We won't. Uh, you know, we won't specify which Billy and Charlotte this is. Yeah. <laughs> Just any old Billy and Charlotte. Any old Billy and Charlotte, unless you know us, in which case you know exactly who we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, they didn't do any poppers. They didn't do any poppers. <laughs> I did no. not want to get sued by no. someone that used to be a good friend. <laughs> And he's only not a good friend now, just because I haven't spoken to him, not because we yeah. fell out. Um, which, so, which, before we get ourselves into a libel suit... Which brings me to um, my first apology of this evening. Oh my God. As, we as, did so well in skipping it last week. As mentioned earlier, we've had a very quick turnaround. So, uh, maybe I'm a bit unprepared. I didn't come with copious notes or... I woke up this morning with absolutely no prep for this pod and no idea what to do and stuff I needed to do today, non-pod related. So just be grateful that you've got an episode, (laughs) right? First thing we're going to talk about is exorcisms. Now, before we get into this, do you believe in exorcisms? Um, Exorcists and the like. Mm, I don't know. I don't believe a lot of the exorcisms that that have been performed and indeed are performed are actually exorcisms. Okay. I I I think they are just um, misunderstood people with severe mental issues and either communities and families who don't grasp that idea and and immediately leap to, you know, the the paranormal being the cause or, you know, going back a little way. Mental issues just weren't a thing anybody really knew about. Yeah, so. so if we roll the clock back, so let's just let's be kind. Let's be kind and say forty years. No one yeah. cared about mental issues. It was put up your bootstraps, get on with it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. There's no there's no such thing as mental issues, mate. You got your health is fine. Get on with it. Just stop being it's a clearly a demon. But <laughs> today, clearly a demon. It's clearly the devil's work. <laughs> forty years? Yeah. Are you sure? Because that takes us back to nineteen eighty one. <laughs> don't forget we're further into the future yeah, than yeah. you think we are well, let's be kind and say 60 years ago <laughs> yeah, there we go <laughs> but I say all I have to say in today's day and age where you know everybody knows about mental health it's everywhere yeah. everyone's talking about it everyone knows someone that's everyone in the western world in, the, in, yeah. the, in developed countries and that was in brackets. everybody knows someone that's suffered with mental health issues everybody I assume, has at one time or another dealt with something, whether it's as serious as other people or whether it's just a week of feeling a bit depressed. <clears throat> Everyone can point at something in, yeah, their, yeah. in their life and say, oh, yeah, proof. You, you can't scroll through so- social media these days without you know, a post about mental health or yeah. help, you know, something to do with mental health being there on your feed, everyone sharing it. It's in everyone's face these days. So, yeah. so how come people still believe in exorcisms in 2021? Because, uh, you know, I suppose levitating and vomiting pea super people is... Uh... <laughs> I think the first four words of this article we're going to explain to you, the, the answer to the question I just gave, right? Yeah. The Italian Catholic priest. Most <laughs> <laughs> Catholics, they do love their mythology. They, and they, their they do love pageantry, their... Pageantry, um... right, don't they? Yeah. But, you know, I think if I had to be like a... If someone said you had to choose a religion, then I couldn't choose Buddhism or Jediism. Like it's, I really have to like narrow things down for me to choose this. But I think I would have gone for Catholicism if I had to, just for the pure pageantry oh, yeah. and the mythology around it. Because it just seems so much kind of like more dramatic than just standard Christian. Oh yeah, I mean, like 
especially Church of England Christianity, it's yeah. all just a bit naff and wishy-washy and weak tea, isn't it? Yeah. You go to the, the Catholics, they're, they're the ones who like burned you at the stake and led the Crusades and fucked you up. No, I meant the other one. Um, <laughs> they have the Pope and they have the big cathedrals and yeah. everything. Yeah, children fucking aside, the Catholic <laughs> Church is by far the best. It's by far the most dramatic and... At the end of the day, you can convince a Catholic girl that facials are better than condoms. A lot easier. This is true. Anyway. And, you know, Catholic schoolgirl uniforms. <laughs> I had to put the uniforms on there. They're very clearly stating the uniforms. I mean, unless they're sixth form, in which case, fill your boots. I mean, I, I do often hang around outside St. Mark's. But yeah, I know. The podcast has been contacted. Please stop wearing your touching T-shirt while you're doing that. It's the only time I can. I'll make sure it's the... Um, it's the pride, the pride one. one. <laughs> no, so, so they know that I'm not discriminatory. I'm just... You know, You'll fuck the boys and the girls. Yeah. And the, the, the non-binary. The problem is, once they get to sixth form, they're allowed to wear whatever they want. So they're not wearing the uniform anymore. It spoils it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember? You have to um, kind of get them on the street, befriend them, and then say to them, look, do you, do you possibly still, got, still have you still your, uniform? your uniform? Do you remember a friend of ours who dated a sixth form girl? And is, is, he, is he in Disneyland Paris? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Oh, I know him. I, I didn't know this. Whatever you're going to tell no, me, no, I didn't do you know. Remember, um, I'll say this because I can just edit it out anyway. You remember? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She went to thingy. Oh yeah, she but was... we were well young then. Well, yeah, yeah, we were a lot younger than we are now. This yeah. is going back a long time. We but... were like twenty. One twenty-two. Yeah, something so like that. So it wasn't creepy. It was. It wasn't that creepy. It was legal and not creepy. We'll just throw she that was out only there. About, she was only about five, six years younger than him at that point. Which <laughs> he, he was our friend after all. Yeah, it was only there was only about five or six year difference, which is basically the same as me and Amy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she she went to that sixth form, and they had the traditional sixth form traditional school uniform, and they had to wear it all through sixth form. And I did ask the question, and he answered in the affirmative more than once. <laughs> Because let's face it, you would, wouldn't you? I'd say lucky fucker, but, you know. <laughs> the Italian Catholic priest, father. All right. Oh, God, here we go. Gian Matteo... Gian Matteo... Gian Matteo Rocchio? Rocchio? Rocchio, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll call him Matteo from now on. Because yeah, I Father Matteo. Yeah, um, the Italian Catholic priest, Father Matteo has claimed some people believe a malignant force is behind the global health crisis and that the feeling is particularly strong among those who have been badly affected by COVID-19. Oh, my God. Really? Is that the route we're going? Oh, okay. Okay. I'll let, I'll let you get to the end. <laughs> I told you, I didn't have a lot of time, right? I had things I needed to do today. <laughs> Um, Matteo told a conference of exorcist priests in Rome, we have seen an increase in the request for exorcisms because the pandemic has made people more vulnerable to the idea that Satan or some evil entity has taken over their lives. People were falling into poverty. They found themselves suffering from anxiety and depression. They feel that their lives are no longer in their hands, but in the hands of a malign force. It's a big crisis. Matteo also described some of the dramatic changes that take place in people who have been possessed by demons. He said, People speak, speak languages they have never spoken before, even ancient tongues like Aramaic, Latin, Greek and Hebrew. 
they're able to levitate off the ground or they vomit objects like nails and pieces of glass. And because this is a really good article, that's where the article ends. <laughs> but <laughs> how do we feel about that? Oh, fuck my life. This is from a website called Female First. I, <laughs> I am of the opinion that most exorcists are simply taking advantage of the mentally unwell and the desperate. And that right there says it all. He says, like, these people... Can we... Can Oh, it makes me angry. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What you just said, most exorcists take advantage of the mentally, the mentally unstable unwell, the mentally, the mentally and the unwell desperate. And the desperate, yeah. Can, could we... Is the word exorcist interchangeable with religion? Most religions take advantage of the mentally unwell and the desperate and the gullible. Um, <laughs> I, I hope no one at work listens to this. <laughs> I mean, if they do, you won't have to worry about it because you'll be fired. I work with, so, some, I work with some very devout people. But oh, so do I. None of them have the power to sack me, so oh, I okay. have to deal Fuck with those guys. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to dismiss out of hand. So you've 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 touched on a nerve here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't want to dismiss out that's of hand. That's why I chose this article. <laughs> the, the, the whole the whole practice of exorcism. I don't think the whole thing is hogwash and and smoke and mirrors. Right. But I think ninety nine percent of them are, and it's it's usually Catholic priests taking advantage of desperate people. Yeah. Who that they don't know what to do. They don't know how to deal with someone who's unwell or they're unwell and they're in this situation. In that fucking article, Father Matteo literally says, you know, People. they found themselves in poverty and that, 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 that all this bad stuff's happening. Yes, mate. Yeah. It's happening the world fucking over because of a global health pandemic. Nothing to do with fucking imaginary demons and devils crawling up your arsehole. It's all bullshit. And it, yeah, makes me quite angry. Yeah. Just keep going. But it's like, how can you... This is the best podcast ever. <laughs> I'll just say something and then sit back and wait for you to finish. I, I, I try very hard to discuss uh, like the paranormal shit that I'm interested yeah. in in a sensible, yeah. rational way. And then you get some prick in a dress come up there and be going, oh, they're, they're very sad, so they're clearly possessed and they're calling me and I have to go and save them. They and kind it's like, of ruin it for, all, for, for everyone, right? Exactly. Yeah. It just costs the whole thing. So if there is someone genuinely possessed... Yeah, anyone that, that's approached about it, it's just going to be, no, it's just a fucking creepy Catholic priest looking to cop a fear of some possessed person. Yeah, You say 99% are a, a fake. I'd probably go 96. Really? I think there's probably a few more real ones than we know, but the majority of them are just I think people I, taking advantage. Because at the end of the day, exorcists don't do their job for free. No. I mean, they may be cheaper than a psychologist, but they don't do their job for free. So, yeah, if you're taking money to do an exorcism, is it really ethically worth? It is, it is probably worth also worth pointing out. Hang on, hang on. Actually, this is a really murky ethical place because we are not believers. So to us, ethically, it's wrong. But if the exorcist is a true believer and a person that believes that they're possessed is a true believer and they're paying them to exercise them mm-hmm. is it as ethically bad yes oh, okay just because both of them are wrong doesn't make what they're doing right you know <laughs> if you know you, you can't <coughs> two wrongs do not make a right regardless of how misguided the people are it is worth yeah, mentioning if, however that the, is, the, isn't that the same as me saying like i don't know 
if I pay a gym subscription and I go to the gym, then I'll be a better person. Yeah. No. If I pay my gym <laughs> subscription and I go to the gym, I put in the necessary effort, I eat a good diet, I do all the things I need to do, yeah. then I will become a better person. But just, you know, going to the gym. Do you know like the false advertising you see when you yeah. see someone who's like, come to the gym and you come can have a gym six-pack. And the subtle or, implication is that you'll look like yeah. me. Or wear these clothes and girls will like you. Yeah. Or spray this deodorant and you'll be fucking battering the clunge away <laughs> like you've never done before. <laughs> fucking battering the clunge away. Just, just trying to make sure I'm going yeah, That's the most Harlow phrase I've ever heard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. But like, how is that any different? Because... You're paying for what you're, you're paying. You, you, you're paying you for buy a into the service. bullshit and you pay for it. So really, yeah, but that if you doesn't believe... cause physical and and mental lasting damage. If you are genuinely mentally unwell and your family is convinced themselves and you that it's a demon making you ill, and the priest comes in and also thinks it's a demon making you ill, your family then pays him to perform this service. It's not the service you need. And if the priest knows that. Or even suspects that. Yeah, but if he's a true believer and he truly believes that he's exercising people, there's no space in his head for... No, I'm that's, and that's, it, right? that's my problem with, with true okay. believers and faith, is that it doesn't leave enough room for sensible, logical thought. Before, uh, I think it was Greg Newkirk, uh, he's been asked about exorcisms and possessions a lot. Uh, and, and he said, you know, there, there, are, there need to be multiple layers you go through before you get to the point of having a priest come in yeah. And those layers, a lot of those layers, have to be provided by the priests themselves. Psychological it, treatment. Exactly. Yeah. If you come in and you do the... the, the you, you, you've had the psychological treatment, you've been through the system, you've done everything that you should have done, you've had the medication, you've had the treatment, all of it. And the priest comes in. And, he, you know, he's seen this. The priest can't just come in one day and go, yeah, okay, you're possessed, blah, 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 I'm nominee Patris and sprinkle some fucking holy water over you. Um, he needs to, to visit you. He needs to understand your your state of mind your yeah. mental state absolutely and really in before any priest can do that you should be being uh you should be being reviewed and not not certified but you know you should be, be being reviewed and having your mental state assessed yeah by a psychologist a psychoanalyst something like that before so he does anything when these priests get picked out and they go off to exorcist school mm. they should do four years of like you know doctor training first yeah they they okay. should be they should be psychologists. I didn't say that sarcastically. I meant no, they no, should yeah. go they, do some. But they should. Real that should. I don't know if it is medical um, training. So then they can come in and go. No, they're just schizophrenic, or no, they're just manic depressed. Yeah, they they don't need an exorcism. No, they need therapy. They, they need... took psilocybin a couple of hours ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when they've ruled everything else out, then I can get out of holy water. Yeah. And, start and if that's going to help, then. You know, I mean, it could be considered a part of the treatment, but often it's not. It just makes things worse because, to the family and and to the the the, the victim here yeah. who believe that they are possessed, having a priest come in and say, "Yes, you are possessed. I'm going to exercise the demon," that confirms it for them in their head. It's like, "Oh well, he's a priest." Yes, yeah, apophenia, lot- isn't it? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically, like, if you believe something, and then someone with some authority comes in and goes, "Yeah, that's yeah, that's really- exactly right." Yeah. And and in a lot of these these places, a lot of these communities and the families where they do this sort of thing, yeah. the priest is held in such oh, high yeah. esteem that his word is is law. Again, so if he says you're you're possessed, people aren't going to question it. If that's he says, "That's where my issue comes." Like if I go to a doctor, yeah, 
I know a doctor can't give me a diagnosis legally unless they've done six years of training or whatever yeah. it is. A exhaustive yeah. shitloads of training. And then they get to sit there and, and go... And then they do their exams. This is and they're, they're actually you. tested to make sure they're competent. And then, and then, even then, if I'm like, I'm not so sure, I can go to another well-trained doctor and say, he's saying this, is it true? Yeah. Because I've got some worries. And they'll go, yes or no. Yeah. A priest only answers to the church. Mm-hmm. So a priest can be plucked out of the congregation and be like, you're the next priest. You're and the they'll next be like, priest. right, train me. And they're like... Well, you read the Bible, right? Yeah, they, well, no, oh, they, they do. Get, they do get training. They, they get priestly training. They get to learn the Bible and how to answer all questions like why does God let cancer exist and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was just because it's part of the plan. Apparently, it's all part. of <laughs> I thought they just had a book of all plan. I just thought they had a book of twelve signs. They just answered <laughs> it's everything. It's part of the plan. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. God's got a plan for everyone. He's testing us. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. if you're a Catholic and you listen to this and you're offended, first of all, tough shit. Second of all, reach out to us. We'll get you on here. We can abuse you in person. We don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say something then, and I went off and talked Catholics think, again. Like, if you, the Catholic Church doesn't have the best reputation. Was, yeah. For let's let's look at let's, for let's picking, face it. choosing, and then you know making sure their priests behave above board. Yeah. They have a horrible, horrible history of, oh, you, you abuse some young girl in Essex. It's fine, mate. We'll just put you in a church we'll in Manchester where yeah. no one knows who they're, you are. They're not exactly transparent in their dealings with anyone, are no. they? So if you're looking at these people to be like, no, you you know, you must, you can only do an exorcism if you've ticked seven boxes and you must be a beyond reproach. Mm-hmm. You're barking up the wrong fucking tree because they can't even get them to stop fucking kids. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's this this ineffable fucking plan does it involve fucking kids with the, with the people that they're supposed to be out of trust? <laughs> and on this note, cause and on that note, because we've got to fucking kids. Um, <laughs> and to try and bring it back up a little bit. Okay, we're going to go from exorcisms to somebody that probably needs an exorcism. You. No. Yes, we're going to do an episode all about Reggie. <laughs> it's going to be... Hang on a minute, let me just bring in the priest. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do I pronounce this? Oh, oh, actually, no, I'm not going to ask you because then you'll see the headline. Okay. <clears throat> I'll do oh, the headline and then I'll, then I'll ask you. I'm being ghosted by my ghost lover after going public about our romance. Now, how do I pronounce this name? Brocard? Fuck. Brocard? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, I'd tap that. Yeah. I'd tap that bro. Hard. (laughs) Brocard, 38, from Oxfordshire. Fears she's upset her ghost lover, Eduardo, after (laughs) 10... It's not even been spelt with a U and an A. It's been spelt with a W, look. <laughs> I knew the first one might be a bit too serious, but I knew my next two articles were gonna. This is my ghost boyfriend, Eduardo. <coughs> See, do you remember the other week when I was like, I do too much work, and you gave me that look? I put about five minutes into this today, and we're already <laughs> laughing more than I do. We do when I put six hours into. Yeah, no, no, that is yeah. true. Brocard, thirty-eight from Oxfordshire. 
fears she's upset her ghost lover, Eduardo, Eduardo. after telling all about their relationship to Alison Hammond and Dermot O'Leary on this morning. <laughs> a woman having a love affair with a ghost reckons she's been ghosted after she revealed their romance to viewers on ITV's This, this Morning. This is another one of those good articles where they just repeat the same yeah. four points. Bracard, 38, a singer... From and, Oxfordshire. No, a singer and songwriter from Oxfordshire, <laughs> chatted to Alison and Dermot about her beau, Eduardo, and shared details about their relationship. But now she claims her spiritual lover is giving her the cold shoulder, which she <laughs> believes is punishment for telling the world about their dalliance. I truly feel like I'm being ghosted by a ghost, she said. <laughs> Someone somewhere is just like, ghosted, 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 ghosted by a ghost. Right. <laughs> create an article and get a hot looking girl that wants some attention and we'll put her face we'll on put it put her face on it um, I truly feel like I'm being ghosted by a ghost she said Eduardo seems furious for me since I've gone public with our romance he's gone completely cold usually his presence surrounds me with a warmth but now a cold breeze follows me around the house it's the changing weather love <laughs> yeah I was going to say it's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's the not the summer, summer anymore. anymore love I mean, look at Close her. Close your though. fucking windows. She, if she went out into the, if she went on Tinder, she could find that, a. That picture on the right, she looks creepy as fuck. Yeah, but that's part of her image, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Like, she could ten minutes on Tinder. She could get some real dick. Yeah, rather than is what I'm dick. saying. Ten, literally ten minutes on Tinder. Yeah. Um, he's costing me a. Fo- oh god, this is the last bit. God. He's costing me a fortune in heating, even with a fire roaring and a thermostat on full blast. It's likely Antarctic. I've had to resort to sleeping in a ski suit and a bobble hat. And when he touches me, it feels like shards of ice piercing my soul. <laughs> she could tell she's a songwriter, right? Yeah, she, she wrote bad poetry at school, yeah, didn't yeah. she? She added there's an unsettling vibe all over the house, which she described as like death. <laughs> she's fucking loving it, mate, yeah. looking at her. She's fucking like, oh, yeah, it feels like a grave in here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bracard said maybe I'm just dead to him (laughs) (laughs) dead to fucking irony love I'll tell you that she claims that her lover became frosty almost immediately after her this morning appearance I don't think he approved as the words I'm gone appeared in the steam on the shower door that evening she said oh my god so I'm taking note to look to, to look up that fucking interview. I'll send you the article, it's fine. Yes, perfect. Bricard added the ghost seems to have become physically aggressive towards her too. She said, I can sense his anger. I felt myself being pushed across the room and he's pushed me to the floor on one occasion. He's just trying to have some of that passionate love. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've tried to communicate with him via candlelight, but he no longer <laughs> flickers the flame. It just blows out. <laughs> As Halloween approaches, the singer is determined to win back her spirit lover's affection. Um, she said, Halloween is like Valentine's... Sorry, I can't... God. Halloween <laughs> is like Valentine's Day for spirits. So I'm going to write a song and perform it to Eduardo on the evening Eduardo. of Halloween. I'm going to light a hundred candles and scatter <laughs> rose petals. I may even cook him some typical Victorian dishes to win back his heart. Maybe some sheep's trotters or a boiled calf's head, if I can find them in my local supermarket. 
Is she trolling? She's got to be. She's got to be trolling. Because that's point. that. Up until then, I was on board that she was just a nutter looking for some attention. But with I that, think you called it just in time because I'm about to say. Oh, she. Sorry, she said. She's about to say further to what she just said. She said, "If not, I have to stick to something more simple than like a sh- stew or a soup." Although I fear it will pass straight through him. <laughs> <laughs> a man that's, you know, corporeal, sorry, a spirit that's corporeal enough to make love to you, but non-corporeal enough to just have food. <laughs> to have food, through just him. to yeah. slosh through him. Either way, I'll be sure to get the drinks in. He seems like the kind of ghost who would enjoy a glass of port. Because, you know, port is a more viscous substance than stew or soup, <laughs> and that won't go straight through him. <laughs> <laughs> Bracard and Eduardo first connected when he when he revealed himself one evening while she was struggling to sleep during a thunderstorm. Um, Speaking to this morning presenters, Bracard said it was alarming at the beginning because I didn't know what was happening. Happening, she she added the excitement caused her to feel a burning sensation in her heart. It's probably just you know indigestion. Yeah, those fucking pigs trotters. (laughs) Calf's head. <laughs> Despite being ghosted by her lover, she doesn't regret her decision to go public with their romance. She said, I don't think any man should control your emotions or decisions, even a ghost. I'll tell you what, we need to reach out to Brocard, Brocade, whatever her fucking name is, and tell her that you'll wear a sheet over your head and yeah, fuck her senseless. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he'll put he'll put a sheet on and he will ruin you, love. Um, oh my! God. I can drive to Oxfordshire in my four days off. It's yeah, fine. exactly. You got plenty of time. You could drive up there one day, spend two days there, and come back. Yeah, it's perfect. Ready to wash the makeup off and return to the world of the living. I was trying to make sense out of this series of paranormal events, and talking about it has helped me. But I wanted to have it it to have some sort of conclusion. So I hope he has more to say. Initially, I thought he could be trapped between two worlds and wanting to get a message to the world. But after his reaction, maybe he thrives off secrecy and privacy and wants me all to himself. I, if if going on TV and talking about your ghost lover, Eduardo, Eduardo um, with a W, with W, pissed him off. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best bit of the whole article, isn't they spelled <laughs> with W. <laughs> If if going on TV and talking about him pissed him off, how is then going on an art writing an article about how going on TV pissed him off going to make it better? It doesn't make sense, love. Yeah, but let's be fair, she is a woman. Oh Women aren't great at sensing the situation of being like, I know how to calm this down. I mean, no, you are you <laughs> are onto something there, yeah, no, that is true. <laughs> but they're very good at I've read this situation completely wrong, and I think my nagging's going to make it better. Yeah, I have completely misread this, but I will double down and pour more fuel onto this fire because <laughs> I will. I am right. And if you're a woman listening to this and that offends you, I don't care. <laughs> you're wrong. <coughs> you are also sixty percent of our listeners. You're also sixty percent of our listeners. So I do apologise. So come, come back with some very. Wait, that, percent- that percentage seems to be increasing. It was 50% originally. Because the more I pay attention, the more I realise that most of our listeners are women. Yeah. Man, we must be doing something right, ladies. <laughs> is it well, the way I say, Eduardo? It definitely is. <laughs> With a W. <laughs> now, what it was, was I think they were a bit like, you know, on the on the fence about the fence. whether they should become listeners or not until they heard you gosh <coughs> about Antonio Banderas and then they realised you're not really going to be any problem for 
they realised, hang on a minute, we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to sexually assault me. It's fine. <laughs> and they already know I'm a hermit, so, you know, it's fine. Yeah, they know they're so perfectly good. safe yeah. with us. We're like, we're like going out with a group of your gay friends. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone very because of this, you know, our female listener. I've gone very female centric with my with my intro tonight. So the first, the Exorcist one, come from a female first website. The second one was about a woman who's upset her ghost lover, and the third one. Oh God, there's another one. This it, is, does, does this paint women in an equally good light as the previous two? The best light. Okay, ladies, the, you may want to skip forward then. The best light. This is the best article I've built to this article. Right. If you thought you had fun with Eduardo, you wait for this one. Oh, God. Woman says she breastfeeds her boyfriend before sex and insists it's not weird. Right. Let me just take this moment to point out you're wrong. It is very fucking weird. <laughs> what the fuck? Mom, Lena Michaels met her boyfriend for a dating app and breastfeeds her partner as part of foreplay as she opened up about their relationship on Channel 4 show Breastfeeding My Boyfriend. <laughs> Channel 4, <laughs> subtle as a brick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 if you thought banging ghosts was weird, fuck. A mum of two who missed... <laughs> Sorry. Number two, who misplaced her breast pump. No, this first sentence. A mum of two who missed breastfeeding her children has moved on to her boyfriend. Oh, God, that makes it even worse. Because you can't, you can't say in the sentence before, she breastfeeds him as foreplay, and then say, yeah, I missed breastfeeding my kids. Kind of fucking deviant are you, lady? You wait. You wait till you find out how she goes about it. Oh, a mum of two <laughs> who missed breastfeeding her children has moved on to her boyfriend and says it's now perfect foreplay for them. I mean, she's going to say something later on about the amount of sex they have that makes me think that she may be a pathological liar. <laughs> but we're going to stick with her until we get to that point. Okay. Lena Michaels met boyfriend Sean for a vegan a vegan dating app and says it helps them get in the mood for sex. The former teacher, because, you know, all teachers are wrong. The former <laughs> teacher, who is mum to a daughter seven and son 11 from a previous relationship, says she missed breastfeeding her children after they grew up. The couple will feature in the new Channel 4 documentary, Best Breastfeeding My Boyfriend, which explores adult breastfeeding. Now, Channel 4 have made a program exploring a subject that I didn't even know existed. Did you not? I didn't know there were adults breastfeeding. Oh, yeah, man. I thought that was like a, what, what do they call it? Like an, an urban myth. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I mainly know about it through anime because, an anime hentai, because that shit gets weird, as we know, tentacles and all that. Yeah. Breastfeeding. The whole mum thing, the whole milf thing is huge in Japan. Okay. And, yeah, breastfeeding. I didn't know there was mm. enough of like a subculture in order for Channel 4 to make a documentary. Mate, I know they made one about... It doesn't have like, to be. If there's half a dozen people doing it that are willing to talk to Channel 4, they will make a documentary I know they it. made one about dogging. Mm-hmm. And they made one about, recently, about people having their first threesomes. But dogging and threesomes are kind of in the zeitgeist. Did, did you ever watch the uh, No Sex, Please, We're British? No. That was a Channel 4 episode. That okay. was really good, and it explored uh, fetishes in, in England. Okay. Because, obviously, we're traditionally the stiff upper lip and that. And Tea yeah. and crumpets. What? 
Tin crumpets. Tin crumpets. Yeah. <laughs> putting jam, putting jam and cream on your scone in the wrong order. Um, uh, yeah, no, that was a really good series, actually. Based on that picture that Stacey sent me on my on, on our on my walk round. What? Well, yeah. Hang pie. on a minute. Right. <laughs> That's Mr. That. Vanilla's wife you're talking about. <laughs> you may want to you may want to explain yourself, sir. <laughs> That's Sir Vanilla to you. Sir Vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Based on that picture that Stacy posted in the Space Monkey group oh. for everyone to see with the pie tower, <laughs> yeah. I think I may have a new fetish. Um, <laughs> towers of pies. Towers of pies. <laughs> <laughs> because no one wants to fuck me, so I'm just going to eat my feet. Eat, eat himself to death. <laughs> right, I'm sorry, where was I? <laughs> talking about breastfeeding breastfeeding porn <laughs> the pair will start on Monday night's show and discuss why they chose to be breastfed um Lena admits she and Sean began experimenting 18 months ago and argues it creates physical energy between them before they have sex she confessed she finds it difficult to stop and claims it's a vital part of their sex life speaking to the son she said I breastfeed my I breastfed my children and I really missed breastfeeding and the feeling of it. Just leave that hanging there while I get to the next bit. Lena went on to explain she breastfed her son for eight months and her daughter for two years and was left wishing they were still young enough to breastfeed when they grew up. Now, have you ever This, is, this known... article is making me profoundly uncomfortable. <laughs> I I'm hoping it's having the same effect on our listeners, because that's why I chose it. <laughs> But, like, I've known a few mums. And most of the mums I've known... I've fucked at least one. <laughs> before and after, said, <laughs> said mummage. Um, and most of them, I only have ever heard them complain about soreness, pain, and how it's... Biting. Yeah. So, it baffles my mind that you can be like... Some people are wired differently, man. I've had two, two years and eight months of people chewing on my nipples, and I miss it. <laughs> She said, I don't want to have another baby and my children are way too old to feed now but I like the idea of breastfeeding with Sean. Before the pandemic, the couple left South England for Mercia in Spain and began experimenting in the bedroom. The couple also has an open relationship and got inspired to try adult breastfeeding after having a foursome with another married couple. I'd been sucking from another woman when I started feeling milk in my mouth. That burned up the sexual idea of breast milk connected with sex and it went from there i'm not sure what that means that burned up no the sexual i don't know i think what she's trying to say is somewhere there was a crosswire in her head that breastfeeding and sex you know and uh, now just go together like ham and cheese yeah oh no ham and cheese never go together shut up you weirdo after she researched sorry after she researched breastfeeding online and discovered she could restart her milk supply by taking herbal supplements do you know what i mean the lengths the, the length some people will go to. She claims her big her breast began flowing flowing with milk three days after trying the supplements, and Sean gave it a try. Sean, so, you're a fucking weirdo, mate. After she started lactating again, she says she's gone up a cup size, reaching 34D. Lana yes. added the couple usually has sex five times a week, and Sean breastfeeds twice. <clears throat> now pathological liar or what because i don't know any couple that has sex five times a week no especially not after not after like the first week yeah the first, the first right, month we'll maybe. say six months we'll be kind after six months you're not having months, sex no, five times no a week you're doing that especially not as you're both in your fucking 30s yeah maybe no. in your late teens your backs couldn't handle that yeah maybe in your late teens maybe the early 20s you got all that extra energy you're going yeah. five times a week 
Not now, not Lana. Now. You not fucking, fucking liar. Um, I mean, if she's oh, lying about the rest to, of it, that's that's a really that weird seems thing. to be the end. These articles today, they don't really wrap themselves They're up. They're not wrapping it up, are no, they? No, they yeah. just kind of stop. They normally have like a, a, a witty sort of yeah. ending to them, but no, these are just like, yeah, we're done with that now. So, the person writing it was just so thoroughly sick of it that they had to, I can't write any fucking more, that'll do, publish it. I guess what the risk, the what the listeners really want to know at this point is, have you tried breastfeeding? No. As we all know, I'm I'm more vanilla than Sir Vanilla. Yeah. I've never done anything other than missionary. But you, on the other hand, I can't believe you, you've not I, done this. I, I, pregnant women are not for me, shall we say. Will you be on the Holland and Barrett website later? Looking ordering supplements. supplements. Yeah. <laughs> oh no that reminds me what so when... if I can start lactating <laughs> I'll tell you if you lactate if I start doing it next week I'll give you I'll give you a go I'll squirt you out a little cup <laughs> I don't know why I had to mime doing that with my with yeah. my man boob here next week mate it takes three days I want a pint of breast milk <laughs> I'll drink it and then that'll get uh, get fame for the podcast you'll, you'll turn up I'll be like you want a cuppa oh yes please yeah, with my breast milk Booby juice. Talking of Holland and Barrett, though, while we're on the subject. What? I found, while I was looking around this morning for stuff for us to talk about. Um, Are I you found, aware we've been talking for like an hour already? Uh, yeah, well, we we were underperforming the other day, so we're going to overperform. <laughs> and I've got very little positive to say about today's film. So. Oh, awesome. Um, Especially since it was your choice. I'd never seen it before. Have so. you not? I thought, no. Okay, we'll get on to that. You told to me it. to do it. Now, we both know... That you you know you have a collection of sex toys. It's no, it's no secret to the listeners. Right? I have collections. I have collections of several types of toys. Yes. Would you like to go to Holland and Barrett? Oh God! And get one of these. Debuted its vegan sex toys range featuring corn on the cob and aubergine vibrators. <laughs> I kind of want to go and get one yeah. just so that I can say I own a vegan vibrator from Holland and fucking Barrett. Holland and Barrett has debuted. Debuted. I know, what that word, I know what that word means. Unfortunately, enough footballers make their debuts. <laughs> the debuts. I got excited by seeing that fucking. <laughs> he saw the aubergine sex toy guys, and he's he's all a fluster. Holland and Barrett's as de- debut. <laughs> ah, come. Third time lucky. Holland and Barrett's has debuted its vegan sex toy range, featuring corn on the cob and aubergine vibrators. That's eggplant to all of our crazy American listeners. There you go. The sex toy market has been given a vegan makeover thanks to Holland and Barrett's new stock of vegetable-shaped vibrators. The vegan-friendly silicone toys include a range of veggie shapes to choose from, such as corn on the cob and the iconic aubergine, of course. Vegan Toys' surprising launch at the health food shop has left its shoppers more than entertained. Unsurprisingly, the new products are proven popular online at Holland and Barrett, with the aubergine, aubergine in particular, selling fast. Like, do, so, they, do they think that like us non-vegans just have dildos made of like, like dead meat, cow yeah. or something? I think so. What have we got there? Ah, oh, that's my buffalo horn. I used to fuck myself with. Yeah. What? I d- it's just uh, a cash grab, right? Yeah. It? You know yeah. veganism is the thing at the moment, and so everybody's trying Everything's to get Everything's got in. to be vegan. Like every shop you go into suddenly got a vegan section. And so <laughs> everybody is like, how can we get the vegan market? And they're like, fuck it, we'll make vegan sex toys. We're going we're gonna to do a vegan They're no spin-off. different, yeah. We'll just, we'll just be so bland, boring, and fucking annoying that no one will listen. I'm telling you, right, it's 
it is it's just a fashion craze at the moment i was vegetarian for two years and do you know what could i find anything other than fucking linda mccartney vegetarian stuff anywhere no a little bit of moist plasticine what more can you eat i don't mind tofu but the point (laughs) point i'm making is when i was vegetarian for two years the choice of a vegetarian food weren't that good because it wasn't fashionable to be, be vegetarian. No. Now it's fashionable and hipster to be fucking vegan. Every cunt is trying to jump on the bandwagon and make money out of it. <laughs> they So, Holland and Barrett have got a carrot-shaped dildo, a corn-on-the-cob-shaped dildo, with all the little corn bubblies, yeah. The obvious eggplant slash aubergine, a cucumber with bumps, oh and a chilli. Oh, my. <laughs> so that's my stream deck this is, about, this is probably, probably the only time in the world anyone's ever going to stick a chilli a chilli in, in an orifice that, but I kind of want to buy you one <laughs> buy one for yourself I don't want one you can take it next time you meet I'll be one of these skets off of tinder or whatever it is you can just go oh, I've got a chilli bosh well you're in one stick out the other just send her like the uh, the aubergine <laughs> Emoji and be like, I'll bring it around later. And they'll be like, <laughs> oh, in- he's talking dick. And then I just put out an actual aubergine. <laughs> One in the pink, corn in the stink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Anyway. I'm not on, on any of these. Oh, no, uh, yeah, you don't have sex anymore. You might as well get married, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, listen, I don't have sex, but I don't get nagged. So, oh, no, do I. I have selective deafness. Selective. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you that. I wasn't listening, dear, sorry. Oh, Jesus. This feels like the last three weeks of me being like, I told you we were recording on this day. Or I told you this. I told you we're covering that. And you're like... Have, have you not had mm-hmm. the... Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening, dear. You, you'll get that sooner or later. I'm worried I'm going to do it at work. My boss will be saying something. And then two hours later, have you done that? What? No. I told you to do it two hours ago. Sorry, I wasn't listening, dear. I mean, boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> your boss still listen to this podcast? I was actually talking about my other boss because I actually listened to her because she's not an idiot. Um, <laughs> I don't know, actually. She's on holiday this week. Okay. Um, what I need to do is is I need to say something. Like, I don't know, next time you're in the office, uh, dance a jig. If you're listening, boss, next time you're in the office, dance a jig. And if she does that, I'll know that she's still listening to the podcast. It'll be okay. like a little secret handshake. Okay. So she comes in <laughs> and starts doing a bit of river dance. Then Yeah. I think this is the real reason she hasn't pestered me about, like, being off for so fucking long because yeah. she's been listening to the podcast and she's like oh yeah, my god those two are practically dead yeah. <laughs> how are they still recording I have to say I think since we started this podcast October is the worst month I've endured it, it since was, we started this podcast it's, it's been a struggle for illness and the other shit I've had to deal with this week I just want this month to be over yeah October's not been great this year <laughs> just want to rob it into, into November and hope that things <laughs> so on that note Let's go on to this film. Okay. Considering we're over an hour in already. Oh, we should change people last time. We'll give them a bumper episode. Yeah, but we're both really tired this week, so there's a very good chance that we'll get halfway through discussing this and fall to fucking sleep. And there'll just be like two hours of snoring. Do you want to go and make more tea? No, 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 because if I drink any more tea at this late at night, I won't sleep because I'm old now. Yeah, hence, that's why I'm not as like, you know, as normal. Um, So anyway, this week... Come on, having it. Mad for it. Mad for it. KNL. <laughs> Do you remember the website, Mad Ferret? Yeah. Yeah. I-, I wanted to make sure the other day, that it was a couple of months ago, I popped into my head and I was like, no, wait, yeah, I remember that. I-, I Googled it and it doesn't exist anymore. I couldn't find any references to it. Oh, and really? I was like, 
Did I go insane? No, no. Did I... But that no, was it was a, a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good to know. I'm not mental. Um, so, so you're you're saying it's my choice? Um, well, okay. This this was a this was a a, a combined choice. Because... This was a. You said to me, I can't believe you haven't seen that film. And I said I should watch it at some point. Roll on a couple of months oh, to yesterday okay. when you're texting me like, we're still recording tomorrow, right? What are we doing? What are we I'm actually like, watching? Because I need to watch it yeah. now. And I'm like, I I don't know. But I'm in the middle of something. So let me just jump on Netflix and find the first thing that looks like, that looks like it's 19 minutes long. <laughs> this was the first thing that came up. And I was like, I haven't seen it. Rooney says it's good or I should watch it at least. It's Will Smith. I'll watch it. Yeah. Plus it's 92 minutes long. Yes. And that works. Hence, this week we are covering Hancock. Hancock! Yay! Which wasn't as good as I remember. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, well, I've, I, have some, I have some thoughts I on that. I have less but... notes than I would normally have because there were many times that I picked up my pen to write a note and caught myself thinking, Jesus, that's fucking negative. That's negative. I've already got I... some, some negativity in it. The, the, the last... What twenty minutes or so? Yeah, I barely wrote any notes because that's when the film gets really enjoyable. I <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> that's the part of the film that I'm just like. When it basically turns into a superhero film I'm towards the like, end, I, I just sat there watching it. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, I can just watch." I this. kind of did the same thing, but mostly because I was just like mind boggled at that point of like, "How do we get here? You've not explained anything." Oh no, there's nothing explained in this film, and that is my biggest okay. bugbear. Well, we'll get to that. But first of all, let's, we've got some positive stuff in the form of trivia. Oh, I've got, I have got a couple of... I'm also going to open this window because it's getting rather warm in here. I've got a couple of positive notes, I reckon. I've, <laughs> I tried to keep almost all of mine positive. Yeah, I tried, but then I would have had none. <laughs> so. so, the released 2nd of July, 2008, uh, had a budget of 150 million US dollars. Oh. At the box office, it made 66... Fuck that kind of talk. Six hundred and twenty-nine point four million US dollars. That's what happens when you have Charlize Theron and uh, Will Smith headlining a film for you. Yeah. Uh, directed by Peter Berg. I think it was all brick that did it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was the, the, it was the cameo of Attica Schaefer that that really drew everyone in. That's that's what did it, was it? Yeah. <laughs> was written by Vi Vincent Ngo, whose name I'm probably mispronouncing. I apologise. And Vince Gilligan. Um, I'm also going to apologise about the stuff I say in today's episode. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's basically your fault. <laughs> starring... Ah, it may not be. Oh, OK. Um, starring Will Smith, Charlize Theron and Jason Bateman. Nobody else worth mentioning. <laughs> Attica Schaefer. Is he the, the, the one who tries to do He's the little kid that wakes him up at the beginning. Oh, oh yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the weird kid from Malcolm in the Middle. No, he was, no, not Malcolm. He was in a program. It's not Malcolm in, in the middle. Really? Yeah, he's. He was, what was that program called? I can't, I can't remember what it's called. Um, yeah, because there was him, his sister, his name I can't remember, and then Axel was the older brother. But he was like the young kid. Yeah, and it's Malcolm not Malcolm in the middle. middle. No, and then his dad was. He had his mum and his dad, and they were like just crazy dysfunctional family. Yeah, his name was Brick. His brother's name was Axel. It's not Malcolm. In, it's not Malcolm. I... And and the dad was what's his name from uh, Play Walter White. Oh, why am we having this? Conf- no, no, no. That is Malcolm in the middle. Yeah, that is Malcolm in the middle. Well, I don't know why we're having this conversation when I have the answer to all the fucking universe's questions in my hand right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sat in front of my laptop. 
trying to convince me of something that's not true. In the middle. That's what it's called. The middle. Yes, that's right. It was the cool young kid right at the beginning. He was like the youngest kid and he was yeah. super weird. And he'd be like, hi, my name's Brick. Hi, my name's Brick. My name's Brick. Yes, yes that's who I'm thinking of. And I love that little kid. The but then, like, after about three seasons, that program just, you know, does what all fucking sitcoms does. It jumped the shark yeah. and just got way too unfucking believable. Yeah, but as he to... got older as well... Yeah. He got less, ah, oh, that's cute, and more just like, oh, wow. Oh, you're going to murder people and wear their <laughs> yeah. faces later, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but so we'll shout him out, Shout out, Brick. Um, <clears throat> it was the fourth highest grossing film of 2008, which is not surprising with that There money. are some gullible people in the world that watch trailers <laughs> and just, you know, go see anything. There are right? some gullible people in the world who decide to uh, right, sorry. watch <clears throat> a thing for a podcast. <laughs> right, let's... Uh, so, positive chi going. Hancock was Peter Berg's first film with visual effects as critical cinematic elements. Okay. He considered the computer-generated fight his least favourite part of the film, citing limited control in making the scene successful. Yeah. According to the director, once the fight starts, you're very limited and you're at the mercy of your effects guys. Unless they're really technically oriented, it's def- definitely the time we have the least amount of control as directors. He and the other filmmakers worked to cut down on the fight scene, believing that the film's success would come from the character study of Smith's character, John Hancock, similar to Robert Downey Jr.'s acclaimed portrayal of Tony Stark in the previous May's superhero release, Iron Man. I think Peter Berg's got a point, you know. If the film were more interesting, maybe. Nice character study, but in Iron Man, they kind of... They did that, but the film itself was interesting, engaging. No, see, I think, obviously, Hancock is the most important part of this film. Yes. The film's named after him. <laughs> but, and we pick up the story with him. And for the first third, maybe half of the film, it plays out just like your your generic, you know, obvious, predictable yeah. kind of Superhero film. Superhero redemption arc. But the premise is solid. Yeah. Like, I will never take that away from anyone. The idea of like the iconic superhero just got to work on his PR, it's a solid premise. Mm. Now, <clears throat> when we move away from Hancock and we introduce this other super person with absolutely no fucking explanation as to where they're from <laughs> other than her saying, I don't know, some people called us this, some people called us that, I don't really know how it works, but, you know, we may have been here for, for thousands of years. But I haven't used any of that time to figure out, you know, who we are or what's going on. So I can't <laughs> I'm not you. going to explain anything yeah. to you because... But I'm... the minute they introduce her, it's when the film goes downhill. If mm. we'd stuck on him and his redemption... They they tried to follow the, 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 the Iron Man formula. Yeah. You know, we've got this disintrospective bit, the character study, the, the growth arc, you know, the redemption arc. And then you get the cool superhero bit at the end. But the cool superhero bit at the end of this just seemed a bit shallow and tacked on. We'll get. We'll, we'll I'm get. Sure we'll cover it later. Uh, the original screenplay was much darker, as I'm sure you'll be happy to hear. Yeah. Apart from being a low life, uh, apart from being a low life, Hancock was supposed to be sexually frustrated because he couldn't have sex with a woman without killing her. <laughs> the Motion Picture Association of America, we love those guys, yeah. actually cleared a scene involving Hancock's explosive orgasm, but it was removed from the final cut because the test audience didn't find it funny. The tone was lightened considerably for a summer release aimed at a wider audience but the MPAA gave the film an R rating twice oh. before language and violence cuts resulted in its PG-13. 
in the extended version of the film. Right. I did not know there was one of these. I didn't know there was any need for one. Uh, there is actually a scene referencing this with Hancock telling the woman to move away before he comes. <laughs> Which I kind of wish I'd included because... I actually think... I know I've been banging the drum for 90-minute films for a few weeks. <laughs> but I think this film's... The, it's to the detriment of this film. Yeah, it could have done with an extra 30 minutes. Because they've got so much story to tell. Yeah. But they don't give themselves enough time to tell it. Which is the problem. Yeah. Which Because when Mary enters as a superhero, you suddenly have this whole new range of B storylines and other storylines and explanations you need... That you don't get because nope. they haven't got the time because it's a 90-minute film. Now, if they'd kept her as just normal and we just focused on Hancock trying to turn his life around, we could have had more kind of fouled attempts yeah, and more kind of humour from that. And then we could have built to the emotional culmination of the film, which is him getting his round of applause. But we get he gets his round of applause a third of the way into the <laughs> film. And then they just make it super convoluted by bringing other by bringing without the her time in, to fully without flesh the time, out those yeah, storylines to yeah. explain and so by the time the ending comes the emotion the emotional combination of the film is kind of lost you don't get that kind of thing at the end <laughs> you're like no we'll get to that we'll get to that but anyway right so yeah here's my problems with this film. but wait no we'll get to that we'll get to that but yeah my problem <laughs> with this film is i just think the emotional ending scene doesn't pay off as well as it does because you haven't got enough information about why they are do, who do they are. Do you a reminder of the tagline of this podcast? A podcast about stuff we like? <laughs> Look, if you could be positive about Starship Troopers, you can be positive about this. Okay, there's some good, there's, there's some good music in this film. <laughs> right. During, I haven't even finished my fucking trivia yet. During Ray's first PR meeting, various Hollywood producers play the board members. Yeah, this is another thing, right? At the end... <laughs> no, no, you can go... <laughs> The group includes Akiva Goldsman yeah. and Michael Mann, who have directed Will Smith or produced movies starring him previously. Yeah. Um, the movie was shown at US at a US military base in the Middle East for a week before it opened in the US, and the screening was free to all US military personnel on base. I like that. That's good. Um, That's the, a positive. The original title, which I, I, I'm not sure if it refers back to what we were just talking about, about his explosive orgasms. Yeah. The original title was Tonight... He comes. <laughs> the, the script for which floated around in Hollywood for over a decade and was oh, later really? retitled John Hancock and then finally retitled Hancock. Hancock. Ah, Hancock's better than John Hancock. Now, the script, Not quite tonight he comes on. Yeah. The script was first written by via Vincent and Go yeah. in 1996 and it languished for close to 10 years. Later, the script was picked up and rewritten by Vince Gilligan to be directed by John Mosto for a 2007 release. Gilligan wrote the second draft when Sony picked up the script in early 2005. Okay. We now have a handful of alternate casting choices. Some of these are... Questionable. Something. Okay. Now, before, obviously, it became a Will Smith vehicle, uh, various people were considered for the title role, including, but not limited to, George Clooney, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, although... You know, yeah. why would you need either of those when you could just have one of them? Leonardo DiCaprio and Dave Chappelle. Right, let's go for him. Um, <laughs> so, George Clooney. 
I, he would make I could a buy good it. alcoholic. Yeah, I'd buy yeah. it. I'd buy the grizzled old alcoholic part of him. Yeah, yeah. I could buy that. Who's next? Uh, ben Affleck. I'd buy that. Having seen his Batfleck performance? Yes, definitely. And the fact that, you know, he's a real-life alcoholic. Yeah. Matt Damon! Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm I mean, not sure if, about that one. If Ben Affleck fair. can do it, Matt Damon can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. No, <'cause laughs> I wouldn't buy Affleck as Bourne, but I'd buy Dame, Matt Damon as Bourne. No, yeah, that's a good point. As they've gotten older, they have kind of veered grown away apart. Yeah, other, yeah, the the operation to separate I can them was see, successful. I can and, see uh, Matt Damon being like a super spy, being above, like being well yeah. kind of trained and everything. But I buy Ben Affleck as tortured, broken, grumpy, grumpy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Who yeah. else is on it? Leonardo DiCaprio. I like. Bearing in mind, this is this is early noughties, Leo. Yeah. Or late late nineties, early noughties, Leo. I like Leo, and having seen Wolf on Wall Street, I I, I think he could do it. I will say, at this period of time, mm. when he's a young poster child for yeah. young Hollywood, I'm not sure he's the one. I don't think that would have worked. Leo now, yeah, Leo, Leo now, post Wolf Wolf on Wall Street, I'd buy him, but Leo then, I'm not sure. No, I'd buy yeah. Him. He was too young and fresh-faced. Uh, and Dave Chappelle. I don't know enough about Dave Chappelle. I, I only know. I don't think he could. He's, he's a comedic actor, and yeah. Uh, I just know he's currently in trouble. Yeah, I mean he's always in trouble. Oh, okay. He's, he's always saying something controversial. Um, I yeah, I don't think it would have worked with him. He's too, too Chris Rock. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think in his it, to, to do funny. that role. Yeah, I He's don't think he could have done the, the, the serious introspection yeah. that we get from Will Smith. Chris Rock is one of them people that he could like be telling me my mum died, but the 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 timbre of his voice <laughs> and the way he would put it, yeah, I'd just be in hysterics. Yeah. So yeah, if he's if he's Chris Rock, like I, I wouldn't buy it. Um, Mary, Will Smith wanted. Again, this is another name I'm going to apologise. Uh, I'm doing mispronounce, so I apologise to the entire Indian subcontinent. Aishwarya Rai Bakchan? Let's have a look. Where are we? That one. Aishwarya Rai... That's, that's the one that's storing me. Bakhan. 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 Yeah, Bakhan. 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 Um, her. Yeah. Uh, he wanted her to play Mary uh, Embry. She turned down the role due to scheduling conflicts. And apparently okay. I had to look her up because I'd never heard of her before. Yeah. She is a big Bollywood actress. Oh, okay. Yeah, it sounds like. Um, yeah, hence the, the, the unpronounceable name. Yeah. <laughs> um, no offence. No offence. But no, for me, that is unpronounceable. Yeah. Uh, the film had three different directors during its lifetime. You know their neighbours? Um, Jonathan Mostow, who pulled out in May 2006. Yeah. Gabriel Muccino was then attached, but left due to created differences with the studio before Peter Berg was finally brought on board. Okay, I've, I have to admit, I don't mean this in a really bitchy way, but I've never heard of any of them before. Nope, me neither. Uh, <laughs> I did have a quick look at Peter Berg's filmography and nothing leapt out at me. So, um, The original screenplay had the Ray character, who was named Horace Longfellow, <laughs> cast as the hero, and the Hancock character cast as the villain. He was going to be a foul, or he was a foul-mouthed, porn-loving, alcoholic superhero fond of prostitutes. <laughs> Take the prostitutes out and the hero part, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I have a note about that later. <laughs> Debate rages 
or at least would rage if anybody other than us was still discussing this film, yeah. over whether Hancock and Mary are intended as representations of Zeus and Hera, or Horus and Hathor. And I have arguments for both sides, because I need to pad this episode out. She, she does say things haven't worked out of us in Greece, and here, and here, and Yeah, she drops several references. Yeah. Um, Hancock's eagle imagery would suggest Zeus. See... Oh, damn, yeah, we'll get to it later. <laughs> um, his eagle imagery would suggest Zeus, as that was one of Zeus's favoured symbols and animal forms to take, and he had an eagle as his messenger and companion. Okay. Um, that would make Mary Hera, yeah. who was, in the way of Greek mythology, not only Zeus's wife, but also his sister. Yeah. Um, however, Horus was also depicted having the head of an eagle, who wore a double red and white crown, interpreted here as Hancock's red and white cap with the eagle on it. Mary, whose name means beloved in Egyptian, would be Hathor, who is the wife of Horus, but is also sometimes described as the wife of Ra, a.k.a. Ray. She's a normally gentle fertility goddess with a dark and violent alter ego called Sekhmet, which fits nicely with her role as doting stepmother who tosses Hancock around when she gets angry. Yeah. Personally, I think the the Horus and... uh, Hathor, yeah, one fits one. better Definitely, because yeah. there's, there's just more to it and it plays on more levels. But um, especially since in the original thing, the Ray character was called Horace Longfellow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hancock is called an asshole eighteen times. Sorry, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, alcohol companies didn't want to have their names used in the film. Yeah. Hence the bottles of Pap Smear vodka and Gentleman Jim Bourbon. I've got a note that basically just says, I think this can be considered positive. Uh, <laughs> Gentleman Jim Bourbon, lol. <laughs> um, the drunk flying scenes were apparently very trying for the crew and CGI teams. Oh, okay. Flying sideways was difficult for the CGI teams to render realistically. And as one interviewee described it, talking about the practical effects... Yeah. Imagine having to hoist one of the biggest movie stars in the world up into the air and haul him 60 feet off the ground at 50 miles an hour. Now imagine being told he has to do it sideways. It took a lot of practice and test flights to get it right. Especially (laughs) if you're strapping Will Smith in there. Yeah, yeah, you're like, we really don't want this to go wrong because imagine breaking Will Smith's collarbone or something. I just... Did you say it was like a 100 million budget? Uh, 150 million. Oh, fuck's sake. I reckon at least 120, well, no, at least 100, because, you know, Will needs to get paid, and so does uh, Charlize. Yeah. Even though we proved that one time, like a year ago, that men get paid disproportionately, disproportionately way, more way more than women in Hollywood. Um, they both still had to get paid, and, and so I reckon, you know, at least 100 million of it went on special effects. Um <laughs> There's some pretty shocking special effects in this film. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know watching Iron Man fly through the sky is always going to be unbelievable because it's beyond actual, you know, reality. But I can buy Iron Man in his suit. <laughs> I'm not buying Will Smith flying around. Like no? even the bit with the, when he gets the car at the beginning when the I thought it was all done pretty well actually. Uh... I, I was looking out for things being out of place, but after, especially after reading, yeah. uh, you know, reading the trivia and that, and the issues they had, I thought they actually did a pretty good. My favourite bit is the train when he stops oh, the yeah. train from oh, hitting his car, and he just stands there, and the whole thing well. just crumples around him. That is done very well. I did very like well. that. 
I, I, I'm starting to think that, you know, the foul mood I was in on Monday that has continued for two days may have kind may of have influenced I your, may have uh, been wearing some shit tinted glasses. Yeah, maybe. For a few days, maybe. yeah. Uh, body so. count. I haven't been able to pin down an exact figure Ooh. because sources differ over who would have definitely died and who would just have been seriously injured. Right. Yeah, examples are when he's at the liquor store yeah. and he throws the chocolate bar at yeah. Matey. Would that have killed him? Or would it just give him Or would he un- just have been... You know, untreatable brain broken. damage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the one he throws into the fridge and the, yeah. the, the police cars that he flips over at the beginning. There's, there's arguments... It, there were actual arguments. If you become a vegetable, you're pretty much dead anyway, aren't you? Yeah, but you're not actually dead. I was hoping until that you're... was going to be a really controversial thing that I said, and you went, oh! Uh, no, I and don't that's care. That's why I said it, because I don't really care. No. Um, <laughs> but the, the figure is somewhere <laughs> somewhere between 8 and 13. Okay. So That's not, I suppose, for a PG-13, that's still quite a high body yeah. count, right? There's, there's no... There's no blood, even when uh, Matey gets his hands cut off twice. Yeah, oh, I wish they'd even gone to that. <laughs> I like those things. that later. So. I like the first one. It's the second one I've got a real issue with. My, my first note, since you already shot down my Malcolm in the middle one, I okay. proved it to be wrong because I was just thinking of the middle. Yeah. Those glasses are ridiculous. Oh, the ones that Hancock wears. Right at the beginning. Yeah. Those massive ones that look like two fucking TVs yeah. or something. Ridiculous. <laughs> my first note says... I know that feeling of waking up in random places <laughs> with a hangover. I do not miss it. No, no yeah, me neither. No. Especially when you're outside, because if you're at home, it's like, ah, oh, it's okay, I'm in bed. Yeah, I can, worry. like, what I've got to do is get to the swan and then come back to bed, rolled over, and it'll be fine. When you wake up, you know, <laughs> spread-eagled on a field, in a bush, on a park bench, under a park bench, in someone else's bath, you know the list of places I've woken up yeah. is quite extensive, and I'm not going to bore you. And you know you you've got to do the walk home. Yeah, I woke up on Thingy's balcony once, and that was the most unpleasant walk home ever because it was fucking cold. Yeah, and I slept under a tea towel. I woke up on a field, literally just laying on a field. I don't even know how because this field is not between where I was and home, <laughs> so I must have gone for a wander and just kind of fallen over on a field and just stayed there. But I just remember waking up and just like open, like having grass up my nose and waking up and just being like, uh, looking up and seeing loads of people turning up to play Sunday morning football. <laughs> and I'm there dressed like like we used to dress, like yeah. a right fuck up. And I just, I just remember putting something out of my pocket and lighting it, just thinking, this will make it all better. This will make it better. <laughs> Before I stumbled home. I, I have a story t- about a field and being drunk, but I'm not sure if it's appropriate. It was not appropriate after all. I know I'm not I'm not I'm not even gonna use a code name because every time I use a code name for this person it's far too obvious. <laughs> but there was someone that we used to hang out with and go party with that I once heard the story like the day after that he'd fallen asleep mid coitus. I did that once. How? Does anyone do that? Right. Okay. I can't fall asleep when I'm alone in bed and I'm tired. <laughs> no, that's good. I am barely. This was with another former Amor of mine uh, from the Highlands. Ah. Um, oh, okay. And um, the, the wee little lass. Yeah. Right. She she dragged me out the the night before. I thought you'd only been with the wee little lass once. No. Turns out you were with the wee little lass quite a few times. Several times. Okay. Um. Uh. She she dragged me out. Or we went out the night before. Uh, and we were, uh, we went out, and we were out until it was up the square yeah. until basically they shut down, and kicked us out. Yeah. We went back to mine, and 
basically didn't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> if you catch my meaning, like literally, we didn't sleep until I put her in a cab and she went home she got, after like just like about 10 minutes before the rest of my family woke up. She's got a bit of raj. She got... <laughs> As they would say. Um, up north. And then the fo- I basically didn't sleep that day. I think I slept for like about two hours. Yeah. Just long enough to like sober up, basically. Yeah. And then the following night, she's like, oh, we're going out to this thing at the square again. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, I just want... By about eight o'clock that night, I was ready for bed. At that point, I would have been like, hang on. <laughs> You're my fucking girlfriend. I was Why like... Why are you telling me where we're going? Well, because I did want to go. Oh, and okay. So we went and we were there again until they kicked us out. And then we went home and, uh, yeah, well, we're, we're going at it. I'm balls deep. And the next thing I know, it's like four hours later, I wake up and I'm like, what, what happens? What happened? And I was like, what the fuck? And she's just like, oh, yeah, so you fell asleep. And I was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. Was, was that the last Barry time you had with the little wee no, rash little last? No, last she time. didn't even be like... Look, if you can't stay awake, I'm not even going to come. No, yeah, that, that was that was not. Oh, this is this is all news to me. I thought that was like a one night thing. No, you never told me. I was around during these days. Yeah, yeah. How did I not know that you were having this secret little affair? It wasn't a secret affair. We were quite brazen about it. It's just that no one, no told one was, me. No one was there. No I, one... I would have been at the square. I was at all yeah, the parties. You I think. To? I, I think to? you were there the first night, but the second night you weren't. It was the the the, the Kill Bill party, I think. They were doing some sort of event. I remember it being half empty. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, that was. Uh... I do not. My memory suggests that it was a one night stand, but apparently not. Apparently, yeah. oh, Jesus, you're a dirty little fucker, aren't you? <laughs> I was for for like about a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a Barry time for a month, and then you were like. And then I think she waited for me to call her, and I it just never twigged that. Maybe I should give her a call because I'm fucking useless yeah. and I don't pick up on hints like that. Yeah. But anyway, enough discussing my sex life. Um, where did we get to? Oh, I'm already oh. having a much better time than I did Monday. Did they seriously mute the word bitch? That's my fucking second note. No, third note. I can't believe they edited the word bitch out of the Ludicrous song. Yeah. Especially when Hancock calls a woman a bitch later on. Exactly. It's like all the stuff that happens in this film and that's the bit that they felt they had to... Like, yeah. mute. When she's like, you smell of liquor, and he's like, because I've been drinking, bitch. I've been drinking, bitch. I'm like, you'll let him say that, but you won't just put... You won't let the song say that. I'm thinking maybe the... and That was my fault until you started doing Trevor, and you were like, it was an R, until they cut out loads of shit. Yeah, I'm assuming made it they, a PG they, 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 You've got too many swear words, and it cuts them out. But anybody that knows, and anybody that's old enough to go to a PG-13 film knows the missing word in <laughs> that bitch. fucking song is move, bitch, get out the way. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows that. It's... My mum knows that. <laughs> it's it's a bizarre editorial choice, but... It's just, it's just beyond me. Anyway, clearly in 2008, a man could pinch a woman's bum without with no repercussions. I mean, especially if you're Hancock. I mean, Hancock or not, I don't think anyone's getting away with it these days. I mean, these days, no, probably not. Like, I did think that was a weird... I know they're trying to... I think that was something left over from, like, from when they... one of the earlier uh, rewrites. Of, yeah, when he was, drafts. like, a porn-loving, disgusting villain of the piece. Yeah. And that just kind of got overlooked and left in there because that was just a bit like... And it's, okay. it's completely out of... Uh, it's almost like totally out of character. Yeah. doesn't fit with the rest of, no. of the portrayal, which is 
or hungover or not. Um, considering he smashes it into at least two buildings, there would be no car left, let alone people inside it. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> All those crumple zones, it would have been just yeah. a ball of tinfoil with some, yeah. some Asian people inside. Uh, Ray, asking Big Pharma to do anything for free is oh, stupid. Yeah. It's How did you think that was going to end? Unless you're asking them to release, you know, COVID to cause a pandemic so then <laughs> they can come to the rescue and make billions. Just no one. They're doing nothing for free. All you people blocking the intersection, you're all idiots. Not a tactful way of saying it, but true nonetheless. <laughs> I just, I, I related so much. Yeah. So all you people blocking the intersection, you're all idiots. All you people with your masks under your nose, you're all fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I've never, I've never identified with a character in a film as strongly as I did at that moment. At that moment, I was like, that's me. Like oh he's got God. a good point, and he's That's saying me every day driving yeah. home. But he's just so cold and horrible about. It. That's me. That is you all over. In fact, my next note: you are Hancock, sans the superpowers and the alcoholism. Yeah, me in my twenties, much more when I used to drink. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I, was well, I mean, just you today. Today, just you know, no, no superpowers, no alcoholism. You. You're just a bit of a dick. Yeah, you wait till I try and kiss Amy and she throws me through the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> she won't. Lando will just eat you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, Hancock has nearly as much disregard for public property as the Avengers and the Man of Steel. <laughs> he does have a horrendous disregard for I public property. I'd like to know, though, actually, when that, that Zack Snyder Man, Man of Steel film come out. Because I remember for a good year or two after that, there were major repercussions. Because all those in that film, Superman Saves the Day, mm. Superman destroys everything in his path to do it. Yeah. And I, I remember when they made Suicide Squad, there was a very... What's the word I'm looking for? They went in with this idea of, like, we caught so much shit for that. Yeah. So we're going to put all of the danger and destruction on this uninhabited island. <laughs> and we're going to make sure everyone knows through the dialogue, there's no one there. There's it no doesn't matter there. if there's property damage. Yeah. So I'm quite... I would know, like to know if this was, like, a bit of, like, a little play... At, like, a little... It could have been, yeah. ...kind of point your finger and nod at them, like, watch it's, what we're going It's funny because, do. like, DC copped all that flack because oh, yeah. of the damage Superman did. Like, Hulk... Literally smashes cities. Yeah. The, the, the whole fucking uh, was it Winter Soldier? Yeah. The Sokovia Accords. The whole plot point of the latter part, Phase One of the MCU, is the Avengers cause too much damage. Yeah. And was like, "Oh my god, it's so good!" And yet DC does it, and they're like, "No, oh, no, it's stupid. They destroy too much stuff. It's not appropriate." I fucking people. Because Superman is Superman, right? Superman's truth, justice in the American way he should be a bomb yeah, but, beyond reproach. But as Whereas, I fight Dragon said, no one likes Superman anymore. Because he's too pure, he's too oh, yeah, innocent, I've, he's I've too never virtuous. Liked, I've never liked Superman. So, and when they try to make him a bit more human, everyone's like, that's not Superman. I've never liked you know why? Superman. Do you know why? Because nerds are cunts. Sorry, I'm on one tonight. A slight bit of self loathing going on in It's a big room. bit of self loathing. I just think that like Superman is too powerful. So powerful that he is never in danger. Well, he is, because everyone's everyone and their fucking mate has got like a pencil or, or a key oh. charm made of fucking kryptonite. Or red kryptonite. Kryptonite aside, Superman <laughs> is so powerful. No, that's what, like, to be honest, I 
why Batman beats Superman hands down <laughs> is because Batman's fucked up. <laughs> Batman's got PTSD. Batman's got no real like superpowers. Batman's powers. a fucking edgelord. Okay, Batman is a fucking edgelord with a with a mummy daddy complex. Oh yeah, you can't you can't say that. He's got not. PTSD and he's he thinks he's fucking edgy and hardcore because he's a bat and he sits in the dark and, and... Fuck you, Batman's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I will make fun of Superman all day long, but I will not hear a bad word said about Batman. not say a bad word about Batman. Batman. Leave Batman alone. In 2021, does anyone believe corporations when they pretend to care about the issues of the day? <laughs> no. <laughs> we are all, I hate to say it, but we're all far too woke yeah. to, under, to, to believe that bullshit anymore. I'd like to you know, take the word woke out and put the word cynical in. It's not, it's not even cynicism. It's realism. Yeah, we know. know they don't care and they are literally only interested in extracting money from us. Did people believe in it in 2008? Probably more so than they do now. Okay. But not... Um, that's a good meatballs, boy. Aaron, your mother's calling you. Yeah, I love that. I do. I've got some issues with this film, but there are some moments. There, there are moments. Really like good zing. Yeah. yeah. And my next note basically just says, I do love a good bowl of pasta and meatballs. They're big fucking meatballs. Oh, yeah. They're, they're like little fish They're like the proper, like proper American ones where they make four meatballs for a family for of four. For a family of four. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I'm looking at my fucking tin of fucking Campbell's meatballs and I'm there. What if I mash them all together? I'll get one. That's the difference between buying shit in a can and making it yourself. You can make it whatever size you want. Fuck that. It takes me 30 seconds to nuke them in the microwave. I ain't got no more time to do that. The angry mob that surround Hancock in defence of the woman in the car after Hancock stops the train. <laughs> a Twitter white nights before they ruin her thing. <laughs> Especially seeing as the woman is fine and not that bothered. They all just, it's they, just everyone else rushing to defend they, her. They all just wanted to have a pop at Hancock, and yeah. it was like, oh, look, she's clearly traumatized, and everyone just ignores the fact that Ray yeah. would be dead. <laughs> Again, though, Twitter white knights, they just want to rage at something. Yeah. And we'll jump at the chance to defend the, the, people. The Twitter hate they don't mob. need defending. <laughs> or attacking someone that doesn't need attacking. Um, as soon as Ray, let's see, this is where we start getting a bit. Oh, is this where you start getting like grumpy and miserable? As soon Guys, as... that previously that yeah. was just a warm up. That yeah. was like the the horses duvets. This is the main course. That was the appetizer to get you right where I needed you for the entree of rage and negativity. Um, as soon as Ray gets stranded on the train track, as the train approaches, it is easier to predict where the film is going than it is to predict what I'll be doing tomorrow, knowing that I make every <laughs> choice about what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> not supposed to be a surprise no at that point where he's on when he's on the train track and you see the train coming my first thought is okay hancock's gonna save him and he's a pr man he's gonna repair obviously they'd set the whole thing up you were supposed to piece the two together you're just so predictable you're predictable the first third of this film whilst it's predictable the first third which is the bit you liked yeah (laughs) whilst it's predictable it functions it functions like a really good 90 minute film Mm. where you get Premise, set up, suddenly we're on the journey, everything's good, everything makes sense. It may not be the most cutting edge and the most original and funniest film in the world, but... Why do you keep throwing that bit of blue tack on the floor? I don't know. should do it about a dozen times. I'm just fiddling with it. Um, it helps me concentrate. Um, yeah, but the minute... Oh, God, fuck it. Right, well, let me have a note here. <laughs> that poor wow is my <laughs> Um, I, I get I well, okay. I don't get your point. I disagree a bit, but 
All right, disagree. Tell I, me, tell I, me where I, I'm wrong. I think I'll... I think for the problem with this film is that for a comedy, it's too it's it's too melancholic, too too sad, too introspective to be a proper comedy. But it's too funny to be a proper tearjerker, and it works against it. It's kind of it doesn't go far enough. In either direction, it I, doesn't commit. I never once saw this as melancholic and tearjerker. Fucking I will say, Hancock could... spends the entire first half of the film going, "Man, nobody likes me. I'm all alone. Man, my... must suck. You're all on your own." That's just my life. Exactly. This is why you didn't see it because you were just like, "That's just normal. That's how people are, isn't it?" <laughs> I'm living it. Um, I would. You can still have a sad, tearjerking, like melancholic film. That's really funny. It's just that funny. That humour has to be a certain type of humour. Yeah. It has to be gallows humour. And you can combine the two. Yeah, this doesn't have that. My problem with this film comes in Act 2. Where, <laughs> really? Where they guessed. introduce Mary as a super being. Because up until that point, whilst predictable, it's an enjoyable film. <laughs> but once she comes in... You're muddying the story. I like that. I like her. I have, in fact, we'll get to my note okay. on that when we get Give to that point Give me 20 more film, minutes but... where they explain where they come from. They explain why they split up all those years ago and why they're not in love now. They explain the fucking eagle thing because, quite frankly, they allude to it all the way through the film and never tell you. And unless you're a fucking scholar or you've read that Stephen didn't... Fry book, how are you meant to know it's Zeus? Didn't we say... I seem to recall us saying in a previous episode... That, we're um, going to be far more positive next week. No, no, no. Just going back quite some way, we were talking about something, and we praised films that don't don't spoon feed you and give you the answers and the solutions to everything in their media. And here you are complaining that they didn't spoon feed you and explain everything in their media. Because this is not. There are two types of films. <laughs> there are the films which this starts out as, which is simple premise, yeah. simple film, entertaining, they're going to spoof, spoon feed you everything. And then there are the clever films where they don't spoon feed you, but you're meant to be smart enough to figure it out. This one is in between. See, I This one doesn't this make any fucking sense. The first half of it is the sort of, huh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the formulaic superhero film, you all know where this is going. And then they go, actually, no, we don't want to do that because here's the twist. And then at the end, and you're just left at the end, you're like, what the fuck just happened? Because did, you didn't see any of that coming. Exactly, because there's things you can leave out and not spoon feed <laughs> to people, right? But then there's things that are pretty important I don't when think it comes to the emotional important. culmination of the film. I the emotional think... culmination of the film, where he gets out of bed and he runs off to save our life. Yeah. Yeah, it works. But it's going to work and hit far harder if you really truly knew where they come from. You knew their fucking, their their experiences together. It would just bog down the story and it would become Mm. like a two hour, two and a half hour film, which didn't progress. This this film is stuck in the middle of being a 90 minute fun, (laughs) joyous ride and then a two hour film with some substance. Yeah. Because they try and throw substance in there, but I don't give you enough. It's too short. It needs to be longer and and they need to commit one way or the other, which they didn't. It has it. Don't get wrong. It has it. Has we ain't even gone to the fucking villain of the piece yet. Oh no, he's a waste of time. Um, <laughs> he's just another thing that doesn't need to be in there. If you don't put him in, you're not going to get to the end of this episode before you fall asleep. If you keep just railing about how bad it is, it's not a crime to be an arsehole, but it's very counterproductive. Is this why we aren't global global superstars yet? No, that's just the whole. That's our whole platform. Oh, okay. That's our whole platform for global domination. Is being arseholes. 
Um, been a platform for my life. YouTube wouldn't allow footage of naked crime fighting, right? <laughs> not if it actually expo- not if you could see his nipples or anything yeah. else. Um, I've met a few kids who I'd like to launch into orbit. Oh yeah, me too. Especially the ones who think that even though they're a bag of shit, because they're a kid, they're invincible. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, no. If I, I was watching that, thinking that. like, when we were that kid's age, we would never have spoken that way to someone like a grown adult. No. We would have been far too scared of, you know, a bit of good old-fashioned community discipline. Fuck me, these days, if I was sober, I wouldn't talk to anyone like that because I'd be worried about getting stabbed. If I'm drunk, I wouldn't care. I mean, but... as an adult, <laughs> I'd talk to another adult like that all day long. But as a kid, I would never have done it. I would have been far too worried. Um, how, how did the DA issuing the warrant for Hancock's arrest think that they were actually going to arrest an immortal, invincible superhero? Um. <laughs> I mean, that kind of stupid must be contagious because then he goes to prison willingly yeah. and all the, the prisoners surround him as if yeah. they can do something. It's like, how how did you think this was going to end? But then it does lead to one of my favourite scenes in the film. The Yeah, the funniest scene in the entire film. <laughs> um. <laughs> Which is making me laugh just thinking about it. Where is it? Um, I've got I've seen a some videos that. like that on uh, If you hadn't known, that's a long one. Um, sorry, a lot of my notes are questions. Um, how does a guy that's had someone else's head up their ass ever sit down comfortably again? The human ass, Be- the human oh, anus. I know, I saw it. Con- oh, yeah, you saw the same, the same seven thing. inches or something. Seven right? inches. Yeah, the human ass can stretch seven inches before without sustaining damage. Just because it can, like, I mean, my head's seven more than seven inches, but just because yeah, but of it's, that, it's right? that way round, not that way round. Surely, circumference of your head. Surely, you'd have some lingering kind of pain. Oh yeah, I'm assuming they had to discomfort. stitch you back up. Yeah. So within about 48 hours, maybe he sat on like a hemorrhoid ring. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's sort of soft camera. We don't see it. Okay. I, I, I'll buy that. <laughs> we don't need to see him wearing a fucking nappy. <laughs> it's a, not that kind of film. In a film where they don't explain key key plot points. Key plot points. We don't care <laughs> how quickly his arsehole. He, he got some of that. Uh, what's what's the stuff? The pie or cream? Fucking. Uh, Preparation H or something. It just squirted a fuck ton of that on there. Bit of Savlon. He was lovely. Bit of a... <laughs> anus hole. Um, <laughs> it's the best name thing in the world, right? <laughs> Anusol. Also pronounced anusol. Because yeah. it goes in your on your anus. Um, here's a question for you. If you were Hancock, would you have stayed in prison or not? Yeah, Probably. That bit where he jumps out to get a ball and he's stuck in the quandary of... That's, that is that is a real turning point yeah. in in his, his story arc. development, yeah. Because it's like, he's they all knew he could leave, but up that was a very physical demonstration of the fact. Up until that point, he's kind of going along with Ray. He's doing what Ray wants him to do because he thinks it's good. Yeah. And he thinks it's going to turn things around for him. But in that moment, there's no conscience. There's no Ray to tell him to go back. No. There's nothing... Like The only person that has any control over whether he goes back or not is him. Yeah. So when he decides to go back, it really is like his character kind of... Yeah, it's a big turning point. It's almost like at the beginning of the film, you meet someone that just thinks so lowly of themselves that they're just like, fuck it, I might as well just drink myself to death. Yeah. Whereas at that point, he has realised that he's worth more than that. And he's like, no, I should, I should do the right thing because well, that's mostly due to Aaron, to be fair. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. Aaron does at least as much as his dad does Probably in more. in redeeming yeah. um, Hancock. Although 
One of the things that did annoy me is Aaron gives him his his uh, dinosaur, and then you see it when Later he's woken up in prison, disregarded. Yeah, it's next to his bed, and then that's you never see it again. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him have it. Later I'd have liked to have seen him. Yeah, that, or give it back to Aaron, or right give it back end, to yeah. him, or do something around that. Like that that like bit in the hospital block. at the end where he kicks the vending machine over. I would have loved for him to have just been like, "Yeah, you keep hold of that yeah. for me." Yeah, that's that. They missed a the trick there, <laughs> right? I was going to say this could be contentious, but you said something earlier which tells me it's not. <laughs> but as hard as I try, I can't take Eddie Marsden seriously as a villain. No, um... I've as an English person, I've seen him play saps <laughs> and simps yeah. in so many different things that. I just you can grow a goatee, mate, and you can do a terrible accent. His accent is awful. But I cannot buy you as a villain. I, I, I could have bought it, but I kept getting thrown off by the fact that his accent drops out. He says it on like the first word, of, the first word, and the last word of every sentence. Everything else in between, yeah, it's he, just his, his regular accent, and it's like, why? Why do this? Why do you even need to have an American accent? Yeah, you know we live in a world where people travel. Yeah, exactly. And having yeah. having a, a, an English villain is a tried and tested yeah. formula. It's like, want a bad guy, want a bad guy. Right, it's got to be English. You could have really poshed up your voice and been like that quintessential, that quintessential British Bond villain. villain. Yeah. yeah, it would have been perfect. But instead, they give him this shit redneck accent that. He forgets to do most of the time. Your accent is better than his accent. Yeah, exactly, and I can maintain it for longer than he can. I just, yeah, That's I She don't. said. <laughs> Except when he falls asleep. Except when he falls asleep, clearly, yeah. Um, um, I bet Jim, from last week's film, 28 yeah. Days Later, wishes he could shave like that, rather oh, yeah. than whatever it was he managed to do in the yeah. flat with the fucking cold water and shit. And it's just like... Yeah. like Man, I wish I could fucking shave oh, like me that. Me too, yeah. Um... Surely the second a severed a hand severed from a body, <laughs> sorry. Surely the second a hand is severed from a body, it would no longer hold a kill, kill switch. I don't know. It would depend on where the tendons were severed. I just I can't buy that you're holding something, and then boom. Although to be fair, Hancock. We don't see it fast. Is there something beeping in there? Sounds like an echo, like an echo location. I don't think so. Can you not hear that? I'm half deaf, man. Sounds like... Oh, it's the fucking radar. wind chime outside. Oh, okay. It's a bamboo wind chime. It's the wind chime. Um, yeah, he cut his hand off. And we see he's got super speed when he flies through and grabs the other bank robbers. Yeah, yeah I suppose. So yeah. I'm assuming he just cuts really it off and then just grabs it because then he hands it over to the police chief and I'm, says, "Yeah, I'm just keep being, hold of that. I was just probably just being um, grumpy at that point. Good, good job, good job, good job. Yeah. Hancock is as bad at giving compliments as you are at receiving them. Yeah. <laughs> Although watching Ray uh, trying to get him to say it in the prison. Yeah. Good, good, good. good. <laughs> I just I watched that scene with him like doing the good job, the good job, the good job, and I was like, that must be what I look like when I'm trying to be personable at work. Yeah, pretty like much. I have, I know what I need to do. I just can't quite. Yeah, put it off convincingly. My, my <laughs> note on the, the, the cutting off the hand thing is razor blade frisbee, the forbidden frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Ray's read too many comic books. 
I think this is when they're sat down at dinner and he's like, so where'd you come from? Another planet? And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Miami's like, okay, um, so, you know, what happened? Like, this happened. No, I just woke up in hospital. Up hospital. Government hospital. We're Government doing experiments on you. Tests, yeah. At that point, I'd like, I would be Ray. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all would, to be yeah. fair. Well, I have a couple of notes on, on that, that scene where they're at dinner. My first one is, ugh, they pulled the clueless dad trope. For Ray, when he's oh, like, yeah, I'm yeah. standing there and I'm holding it. I'm like, really? 2008? Yeah. yeah, I suppose. That was still a thing you could do these days. It's like, no, you're not allowed to do that because yeah. that's discrimination. Um, and when um, Hancock says, what kind of bastard must I have been that nobody was there to claim me? Man, I feel really bad for him. Yeah, I felt like me after my breakup. Wait a minute. But then you, Stacey and Ash came to the I was going to say, you had a... You, I know I definitely, like, contacted you. Yeah. I mean, none of your other friends did, but Stacey and Ash did. Stacey and Ash did. Family. And you. Yeah. Yeah. We were there for you. More than fucking he got. Are you sure she was in sixth form? <laughs> <laughs> Where on earth does the storm come from while they're fighting? I wondered that. Sorry, I had two other notes, but I've raged about them. Oh, yeah, and you, you skipped over, like, after film, but... Um. I'm stuck. They allude, right? They allude to the fact that when he... After he finds out she's super and he comes back the next day and they yeah. go through the whole bullshit thing where he's smashing really stuff. bullshit? Over. That scene is hilarious. I absolutely love that. Again, I think I was wearing shit covered. I, I'm really sorry we didn't get to see the frying pans either oh, side yeah, of my yeah, head because yeah. that would have been that would have been the crowd. The PS I like the escalation of it. I'll be fair when he, he stabs her with a thing and it bends. Oh, he does it, and he just and then mm-hmm, he yeah, mm-hmm. and then he picks up the world's biggest rolling pin. <laughs> rolling pin the like, size of a bat. It's like a giant's rolling pin <laughs> <laughs> and smashes it over her back. And then Ray turns around. and is like, come on. It's like that's a bit quiet. <laughs> And then he picks them up. I like, I do. I have to give it to it. I'll give it to him. But where do we start from that? Yes. There, at the end of that scene, he leaves. And then Ray's like, oh, it's a bit hot in here. Then she comes to his, like his, um, what's it called? Trailer. Yeah. And they're talking. And suddenly the popcorn starts. The popcorn starts cooking. Yeah. There's no explanation. But if you're really paying attention, it was hot. Yeah. Now they're hot there. There's a couple of times off. Ray mentions it. Yeah. Uh, he says it at least twice. It's the heat on. And then yeah. he says, is it hot in here? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm assuming it's something and to do the with popcorn. them. Then there's the popcorn. There's a more visual kind of, look, when they get together, it's, there's major heat. And then the storm comes. And then you so a massive storm. I'm going to piece all this disparate information together and jump to the conclusion that when they're close to each other, crazy energy crazy shit Crazy energy happens. shit yeah. happens, yeah. I think that that's what they kind Again, of imply. This is, but this is the thing, though. Like, if we had some, even if it's two lines of dialogue, yeah. explanation of where they come from. Some acknowledgement from them that this is happening. Yeah, that, or just where they come from. Then that may give us enough information that we don't have to piece together this yeah. and jump to conclusions. We can be just be like, watch it and go, oh, that's a very funny visual joke from the popcorn. <laughs> but we don't know. No, we don't. It is it's, it's, I know you don't like the, the the Mary thing and from when she reveals herself as, as hang having on, superpowers hang on hang on I wouldn't mind it if they just explained it or if they gave themselves an extra 15-20 minutes yeah. to really kind of flesh out this dynamic this whole yeah. thing it's the fact that they, they introduce <laughs> her and then it becomes almost a bit of a mess 
until the end where he saves you our just life. Can't, yeah, you just can't. You never get any explanation. Nothing's ever really lined up and put into place. Yeah, exactly. So you never really well, know. I the, the the moment that Mary throws him through the wall. Yeah, I remember seeing that at the cinema. I saw okay. this film at the cinema, and I remember that at the cinema, and it has less impact watching it now because obviously we know that well, I knew that was coming. Yeah, but I remember seeing that at the cinema and just being like. What the fuck? Yeah, I didn't know it was coming. Where did that come from? <laughs> and he's just like, how? What? I knew there was something between them because when you, when they first come together, there's that weird energy. Yeah. I'm thinking he's banged her in the past before yeah. she's met Ray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it turns out, no, he's, well, it turns out that is that true. That is exactly what happened. But further back than we thought. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, again, like, I'm not against Mary being a super. I'm just against... It feels like they were like, wow, we're doing this film. Now we're going to chuck this in here. Yeah. We're going to bamboozle everyone <laughs> because no one's expecting it. And then we're just going to, you know, draw right till the end of the film without have thinking, oh, we could have had... Could they have like, there's it? like two scenes after that where they have a conversation or some kind of explanation. But even then, she's saying things like, I don't it's really know this vague, kind of happened. Yeah. Well, she says things like, yeah, we were made built in pairs and yeah. this happened and that happened. It's like, yeah, but why did it happen? Who were they? Who made you? Where did you come from? Yeah. Fill us in. Because if we know, and we know that this is like some tawdry love story that's been going on since the yeah. creation of time, then when he when he gets to that point at the end where he saves a life, you're like, yes, he came through for her. Now it's just like, <laughs> oh, we did the right thing. <laughs> Which in itself is, is a win for Hancock. But it could hit harder with I, a bit of backstory. The, 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 the fight scene between... Um, Hancock and Mary, yeah. they, they, I really hope they sent like a fruit basket to to, uh, yeah. to the Iron Man director because that that scene could have come straight out. You could cut that into a montage of MCU fight sequences, yeah, and nobody would know the difference. In a world, it's good, but yeah, I'm not sure where were we at in 28, 28 2008, 2008 with uh, mobile phone technology because today, Ooh, if that happens and they're fighting in public, someone films that shit. And within 20 minutes, it's on YouTube and someone's going, oh, that's his PR bloke's wife. That's, that's so-and-so, yeah. In this film, it's like, oh, the mysterious that's super mysterious woman. woman. And it's like, okay, I could get it when they crashed and she quickly dashed aside, yeah. fair enough. But then they have this raging argument, yeah. shouting and screaming at each other. And it's like, you know, everyone would, everyone I'm saw that. You. And if Ray yeah. can see you from up there, yeah. everybody else can see you too. And it's not so, going to take more than five minutes of like, you know, who is this person? Yeah. Before you figure it out. But yeah, before they find and it out. And even then, after that, she flies at the speed of like sound, but he manages to drive his car back home before she gets there. <laughs> um, where is that? This is very hard to explain. Is that why we don't really get a proper explanation? <laughs> yes. Um, if you were an escape prison, prisoner with a hook for a hand, you would wear a glove, right? Hook hands aren't exactly inconspicuous. Fuck off. Do you, do you know who you're talking to? Yeah. I would have a proper fucking massive shiny hook. I get that. But not if you're on the run. Not if, A, you're on the run. Oh, right? I suppose, yeah. That's in true. a city. Yeah. And B, you're on the run in a city creeping into a hospital to do an assassination. Yeah, it's not exactly subtle, is it? No. No, yeah, that's you would, point. You would shave your villain, evil yeah. villain goatee beard off. You would probably give yourself a skinhead. You would put a sock <laughs> over your hook, and then you would go about your business. Um, Hancock may be an arsehole, but he's right. 
Mm. It was a dick move for Mary to leave him thinking that he oh, was all alone for 18 yeah, yeah, years. Yeah. She's a bit of a bellend. It's like, fair. Oh, it works out better for me if you don't know, so I'm sure. Yeah, like, yeah it'd be easier this yeah. way. And it's like, yeah, but now he's just been miserable and trying to drink himself to death even yeah. though he can't die. <laughs> uh, no, that's a life I want. No. Right. <laughs> you say about... Um, Red and his, his attack on the hospital. Yeah. In that scene where, the final scene where he's shooting uh, Hancock, he seems to know stuff. Yeah. Because what is it he, he, he says? He says several things and he's, it alludes to the fact that he knows more than we do. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. that somehow he's connected. And obviously prior to that, Mary was saying in the hospital, you know, they burned our house. They did this. They tried to get to you through me every time. And then he turns up and starts talking in the same vein, and you're just like, "Wait, does he know something we don't?" Exactly. Is there who some scenes missing to? here? Yeah. Who are you alluding to? Is he the head of some nefarious organization? Yeah. That's been hunting you, gods or angels or whatever you want to be, for life. Like, is there? Because that would be a super cool plot line. Yeah. But again, you're maybe, not. Maybe that'll be in the it. sequel that's been kicking around since. Oh, the forever. sequel. It was obvious at the end when he does his. Whenever we'll get to that at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you said earlier you'd like the hand cutting scene the first one I'm all about yeah the second one I'm about up until he cuts the hand off yeah I'd have I see why they did it oh hang on if someone cut off your hand you wouldn't have time to question it you'd be in agony yeah you. Well, not necessarily because shock. you would probably be in shock so you would probably have uh, a few seconds probably, yeah. before that before it really I, sets oh, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. I, I, I do like his reaction. I mean, there's no blood, and he's you just didn't. The, <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. And then he like lamps him in the chest. I'm just, I, would, I guess I was probably projecting. Like, if someone cut my hand off, I'd be in fucking agony. I'd be spurting blood everywhere. I'd be in agony. I just well, I wouldn't want to talk. With, to the, with their PG thirteen, they can't show the spurting yeah, blood everywhere. If it was if it was like a, a Japanese film, it would have been like a fucking fountain. You know, just painting the walls, yeah. but. I got one last note. The scene at the end where he jumps off the building and flies around New York. With the eagle. To the triumphant music and the eagle. Is the cheesiest of cheese. Oh, yeah. that That's a proper superhero ending. Yeah, that's the one where you think, yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back next time to fight evil in New York City. Even though it made like 500, 500 million profit, it's still not back. Will Smith was due to be uh, directing it. Apparently, he, earlier on when I said when we were doing trivia and I apologised to the writers, <laughs> and you said, "Oh, maybe not them." Were you alluding to the fact that Will Smith was a producer? No, or I was just alluding to the fact that, it, that the, the script has been around. bounced around for was yeah. like, bounced around for over yeah. a decade and like rewritten multiple times by different people. So it's I find this. I know I've raged against that, but I find it <laughs> maddening. Because there's a really good film in there. There is a much better film in there somewhere. It's there's, like Wild Wild West. Yes, there is a far, far better film in there. But this film strikes me as a film that was made by committee. It was made mm. by two writers, a room full of producers, some money people, yep. executives, yeah. being like, I've seen the dailies and I think you should cut this joke and put this in instead. Yeah, And it feels like the original vision, whether it was the darker vision or just a more streamlined vision kind of got, kind of got lost, lost. Yeah. somewhere along the way and yeah. I guess I've raged against it and I've raged she should not be a super but that's only because the bit where she becomes a super is when it becomes a mess yeah 
was when you veer this... off the story you've been telling, never quite get back to that story. Because even at the end, we don't know if his PR is good or not. No. We just we We've just got assume. no cold, no cold uh, what's it called? When you break up with someone and you closure. We closure. get no closure on that at the end, whether he's because he's sneaking around in the dock. It's I mean it's, it's implied, especially by the end credit scene. But um you don't get any there's no confirmation. No, but I just yeah, it gets it all gets a bit too We've got too many storylines and not enough time to explain any of them. When, when you when you know the background of it with yeah. the writers and the directors, you very much get the impression that both the writer and the director were kind of in a tenuous position. Oh, yeah. And it was a case of, you're making this film, but you're going to make make it the way we want yeah. it made. And you had a dozen people all sitting yeah. there and they all had their own ideas. And they were just kind of... Yeah. yeah, they just kind of followed instructions and you get this kind of disappointing film that should have been better than it is. It's got so much potential. We need to pick another really good Will Smith film because the last two we've done, Wild Wild West and this one. Right, the next one we'll do will be Bad Boys. Bad Boys. What you gonna do? <laughs> I only watched that a few months ago. It's a good, good film. <laughs> I, I like it. Not as much as you do. No, okay. Um, Bluetooth earpieces. Remember them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, where was his phone? Because they don't work on their own. They need to be paired with a phone that you have to have on your person. It was secured in his in his leather suit but because, you know, he didn't want it to fall out when he was flying. Maybe he the had eagle really had it. Maybe it's like eagle, strapped yeah. on the eagle's back. You know those little, like, the little well, cases you used to get that you wore on a, that your dad used to wear on his belt with his phone in it? That's what again, it was. Again, like, the eagle symbol. I've got... We talked about it, so I skipped the note, but I've basically got what the fuck is all the eagle symbol. Yeah. But it's there on his hat. It's there mm. on his suit. It's there in his jail cell. Every wall was covered with eagles everywhere. Yep. He has an eagle at the end. <laughs> Again, there's no one line of dialogue of like, oh, you know, Zeus liked eagles. Yeah. Or some, just I know that's some, a shit, just, that's a just shit a line nod. I've just yeah. come, up, come up with on the spot. But it's so many unanswered questions by the end. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I, I had a note on this, which I wrote. And then the film basically did my note for me. Oh, okay. Because I said a Hancock suit is very similar to the cinematic universe X-Men. Yeah, the first series X-Men. Yeah. The first lot. And then, obviously, matey in the end credit scene is like you, what was it, Wolverine-looking motherfucker. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, okay, I guess I better put that in there because the film called me out on it before I could finish writing my note. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out here now. and say I didn't know there was an end credit scene, so I haven't seen the end credits. I haven't seen it. It's, it's literally like 30 seconds, if that, into the credits. Oh, okay, because it was five past six when I finished watching this film and writing my notes. <laughs> and uh, I had to have dinner and have a shower and get around it. So as soon as that film finished, I turned it off. Oh, it he he turns up to a, to a, um, someone's holding a, someone hostage and okay. the police are all like, rah, 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 and Hancock's all like, oh, no. He's like, yeah, we're, we're going to talk. We're going to sort this out. And he's like, yeah, what do you want? And he's like, get all them guns. Take the guns off me. Take all them. So go, all right, boys, all right, boys. Lower your guns. I'll deal with this. And then mate, he's like, yeah, that's right. That's right. What we're going to do is... We're going to do this and you're going to fly me out of here. Somewhere nice like the Bahamas. So that's what we're going to do. You mo- What was it? You Wolverine looking motherfucker. Wolverine looking asshole. And he's like. And then he just turns around and grins. And that's where it fades to black. Oh, okay. Because um, obviously he's going to do something unpleasant to him. Calling I him know an there's a running theme of, you know, call me an asshole one more time. Yeah. I would have liked to Call me crazy back. one more time. <laughs> I wouldn't have. See, this film could have done. With two or three flashbacks mm. to like earlier times, earlier versions of the, of Mary 
and Hancock. Yeah, get, having him like dream sequences or something where he f- he remembers previous stuff. You've dropped your bit of blue tack yeah, again, haven't no, you? And, and it's disappeared. It. Sorry, it's fine. Um, yeah. I promise I won't pick something up. <laughs> it's normally it. me that picks yeah. that up and fiddles with it. Um, yeah, a couple of like them in the 1800s mm. getting run out of town. Or like their plantation building being burnt down like their yeah. that. Just something. And then, but within them flashbacks, there could have been the first time someone called him an arsehole. And then that's why nowadays yeah. he's just like, oh, you call me an asshole one more time. <laughs> because they're, like, that is a running theme and it's it's a good joke. It kind of works and then it works when she's like, you call me crazy one more time. But <laughs> it could work next level. Yeah, it could if work we, even more. If we saw where it came yeah, from originally. Yeah, a little bit of Or if somebody said it to him. The yeah. first time he got a kick in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, oh, there's, <laughs> there's such a good film in there. That has been missed because too many people got their hands in the pie. I'm, I'm almost afraid to do this next part. <laughs> My score is going to be significantly lower than your score, I think. Um, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> All I, uh, my last note is that Will Smith was apparently a producer on this film. Yeah. Which I didn't know because it wasn't listed on the, the credits on Wikipedia. I, I see it in the but, credits. Yeah, the I saw it in the credits. Yeah. Of the, uh, yeah, in the film it's listed, but not on Do you think after Wild Wild West... He wasn't signing on for any film unless he got to be a producer. <laughs> yeah, quite possible. I mean, he probably is at that point in his career where he could just go, yeah, 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 but I want to have creative input. Oh, at that film. point in his career, he probably wakes up every day with 10 new scripts in his in the post. Yeah. And he just spends his days reading scripts until he finds one he wants to do. Yeah, and then I he calls him so. up and he's like, I'll do it, but I'm going to need 10 million and to be a producer. Because I ain't dealing with that fucking wild, wild I ain't dealing with that again. shit again, yeah. If I come into this project, I want to know what's going to be there at the end. I'm not going to come into this project expecting <laughs> to do one thing and then the final and then product have something be different. completely yeah. different. Yeah, good point, actually. Six. Six. Again, this film's Funny, got so much um... potential, but it's mad. <laughs> I give it a six as well. It's got so much potential <laughs> and the premise is so strong. It's just mad and in in its execution and watching it back it wasn't as good as I remembered it it's one of those films I kind of wish I hadn't rewatched because I remembered it being better than it was so this was 2008 right yeah so this was after just Iron Man yeah if anything whatever the second one was for maybe was around coming out around this time coming out yeah if yeah now the whole I didn't like four either I like four I Um, I need a horse um, oh, had good moments. Yeah. The coffee, ma, that was good. But I think yeah. it could have been better. But I mean, we'll get to that and we'll cover it. Yeah. Um, where was I going with this? Yeah. So you're saying, oh, it, I, feel, I thought it was better. Upon reflection, it's not as good as it was. Yeah. Do you think that is what thirteen years worth of MCU has kind of come along, done superhero films so good? You're now so. looking I at like this the like superhero bits. I like the portrayal of him as a superhero. Oh yeah, me too. I, it's it's the other bits, the fact that I don't think the two halves of the film, the, the, mesh, the, the, yeah. it's it's introspective, thoughtful side and it's comedic side. I don't think they mesh very well. They're almost like two separate films some running of the alongside best, each other. Some of the best moments in this film are early on when Will Smith is just basically um, miserable, belli- belligerent. 
Like, yeah. like that bit where I said earlier with a woman when she's like, oh, I can smell that, I can smell the liquor, and it's like it's because I've been drinking. <laughs> when he sat in the bar and and the old oh yeah, <laughs> I will break my foot off in your ass, lady. <laughs> because the, I think they're so good because you don't expect that from a Will Smith character no. in a film at all. When when he's calling her a bitch and he's acting like a, yeah. a real drunk man, and you're like yes, and then suddenly yeah, there is. It suddenly gets all a bit. Oh. I like yeah, like I said, I like the redemption arc. Um, I have to and shout I, out. Actually, no, you go. But yeah. I like I like the redemption arc yeah. because obviously you get to see him being all surly and then you get to be him, see him being a proper superhero. Yeah. And I like most of the scenes taken on their own are really really good. But when they're put together, it's too. It's not a roller coaster. It's like a fucking yeah, line like a, chart yeah. sort of thing because it's too. The changes are too sharp it, and too it rapid. You just need some connective tissue. Yeah. To weave through and to kind of take you on the journey rather than just... But this was back when uh, they were still worried uh, about uh, summer blockbusters being 90 minutes. Yeah. These days they don't care. They'll run it for fucking two hours. Four hours of Fucking Dune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I mean, I suppose everyone's expecting that. After. Yeah, to be fair, but, everyone was expecting that, yeah. I think if I'd given them 20 more minutes for connective tissue between these... Because I'm not even saying that these scenes are bad or no. there's anything bad about this film. I just think the essence of the film gets lost. Yeah. Because it kind of tries to do too much but doesn't give itself enough time to make these leaps. Like, when you bring in her, suddenly you're not just bringing in another super character. You're bringing in... An entire history his, of these his, two people. His past, his whole history is yeah. there, represented by that one person. And we get no... You get nothing. We basically get a cursory nod at it, and that is it. Yeah. Whereas I think if they got some connective tissue, a few flashbacks, a little bit more between them two, just before we get to the bit where... Just to flesh out that relationship and that backstory they, a little bit more. And I love, I really genuinely love, I mean, it goes against everything that people have been preaching me in my whole life, like... <laughs> you're stronger together, you know, come together, <laughs> love each other, and that makes you brave and strong. In this film, the minute you, like, you know, if you find someone and fall in love, you lose all your power. <laughs> Which I'm not, I'm not even going to uh, get into that. But that idea that the closer they are, the more human they get yeah. is brilliant. And all we get is, oh, well, you know, they want us to be human so we can grow old and die and... And that's it. There's no real <laughs> investigation into it. There's no real explanation. No. Because that would be easier to understand if you knew where they come from and if they were gods or they were <laughs> angels or they were defenders and that's why they're meant to be strong and cold and they were never meant to mm. fall in love and be human. Or if they were angels and God was trying to get them to, you know, love humans <laughs> the way he loved humans and it's only they loved each other that they... There's so many avenues. There's, there's so yeah. There's a lot they could have done. Twenty more minutes. There. Twenty yeah. more minutes, and this would have been a, an eight, I reckon. <laughs> so really, what we need to pe- need people to do is they need to listen to the last half of this podcast <laughs> yeah. first, then listen to the first half because then they'll be le- leaving the podcast on a far more cheerful note. Yeah. But to be fair, it is now five past ten. Is it really that late? Yes, is it? it is five past ten, and we are knackered. Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. Call me an arsehole one more time.